The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Pirate fans, welcome to the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Brought to you by U.S. Cellular. Be sure to visit one of ECU graduate Brandon Tate's Platinum Certified U.S. Cellular stores and experience the highest standard of customer service. Call in on the live line at 317-1250. Now, with a complete recap of the game and your phone calls, live from the Pirate Radio Studios, here's your host of the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter, Clip Brock. Pirates lose to Charlotte 10-7 today at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. A new low, perhaps, certainly, for this coaching staff in this current era of Pirate football. Just a dreadful performance offensively. A couple of missed field goals, including one at the end, and East Carolina is going to lose this game 10-7 today on homecoming Hall of Fame weekend, and it ends uh, in Pirate disaster. Biff has come in and beaten East Carolina, and I am biffed out for this show. If you can't beat them, join them. We made fun of Biff. We called Biff names, and he came here and kicked our ass. So I'm joining it. Jason Nichols is furious. Marcus Crandall is disappointed. And we will be taking your calls on the Halloween Express live line at 317-1250. Shirley Rhodes taking your calls. Joey Big Dog here as well. We will kick it off after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Here's Clip Brock. What to say after this one? 317-1250 East Carolina losing to Charlotte 10-7 today. Good to see old intern Atticus with the Jeff Blake throwback. Boy, oh boy, uh, you are tuned in to the U.S. Sailor 5th Quarter Call-In Show on Pirate Radio. Also, check us out on Facebook and YouTube. Give us a like, subscribe, and if you're thinking about dinner tonight, uh, how about Wings Over Greenville? Great football food. They dropped off some boneless and traditional wings, and we have enjoyed those while we were watching that uh, disaster of a football game. Um, Let's get to your calls while... J. Nick Stews and Marcus gets his thoughts together uh, after what we just saw uh, because we do have lines locked and loaded and I feel like we're going to have lines locked and loaded for a while tonight. Uh, Jay, Jansen, David, hang on. We start with B. Pays in Greenville. What's up, Pays? What's up, guys? Uh, listen, John Gilbert need to have an intervention here. It's time. You're going to have to make a decision on this on this situation. This is not going to get any better. The talent development is not happening. The recruiting is not happening. You're going to have to make a decision or you're going to continue to go down this road. Listen, thank you, Mike Houston, for what you did the last two years with, you know, other people's recruits and things like that. Hey, congratulations. You got a great quarterback. You have failed this program. You have failed this program. You were not supposed to. You didn't think you were going to be here. It's time. Take some of the IPF funds. Write him a check, give Harold the interim, play it out the rest of the year, and then get on the line and go get you a coach. East Carolina will never be a school that you cannot have offense, ever. Anytime this, this is as good as Skip Holtz's defenses were, he at least had some offense. This is embarrassing. Houston, it's time. You're an FCS coach, man. Good luck and go Pirates. All right, there is B. Pays calling in from Greenville. We'll keep the calls rolling, 317-1250 on the Halloween Express 
live line and david is up next in raleigh hey david bruh we just lost to charlotte <laughs> i mean we just lost to charlotte i mean i couldn't agree more with like the first caller i mean something's got to change right I, I mean i think it starts with the coaching hey houston's been a disaster I mean, there's only winning seasons where, like, really, COVID seasons. And, and uh, you know, last year, he lost the big games and when we got a uh, participation trials trophy. Overall, we're below 500. And it, it's, uh, like the first caller said, this is not getting any better, right? So we need to figure out what we're going to do, like, the rest of the season and, and just get on track for next season because this season's washed, right? Uh, I don't know if they need to cut. Uh, Houston to chat, tell him to go on somewhere. But, man, he, like the first caller said, he's an FCS coach, man. He's not ready for the big boys. But that's all I got to say. All right. Thank you for the call, David. 317-1250 is the number on the Halloween Express live line. We'll keep it rolling with Jansen next in Greenville. Hey, Jansen. Hey, guys. Thanks for uh, taking my call. I, uh, I know this is obviously not the ideal afternoon we wanted to be having. Um I'm going to kind of beat a dead horse for what we've been talking about for the whole year, but uh, Donnie Kirkpatrick is the worst play caller in America that I've seen. Um, and I'm going to keep beating that horse. He's got to be fired, and I don't care if it's through Mike Houston or if it's by John Gilbert. He's got to go. Um, I, I know the last two guys who called expressed really big frustrations with Mike Houston, and I, I think they're they're definitely not unwarranted. I don't think all of our problems are directly tied to Mike Houston, but I think – if anything, Mike Houston has been absolutely negligent uh, from not going into the portal, getting a quarterback, from being completely um, illiterate of reading the capabilities of a quarterback in the offseason. I mean, I don't know how in the world we go through an entire offseason and not know for certain whether or not Alex Flynn or Mason Garcia are, are going to be any good. Um, I think past that, I think our wide receivers today were absolutely pitiful. I mean, running you know, just half-hearted routes. It was ridiculous watching these guys uh, just run around like there was no heart. And I think that that's honestly not ex- uh, that's not exclusive to the wide receiver group. I think that's the whole team. I don't really feel like anybody or hardly anybody's playing with any heart today. And I think uh, they they heard it from the fans booing them, but not only them, but booing the coaches off the field. So um, I know it was kind of a bummer of a call, but hey, go Pirates, and I appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, every call should be a bummer today because you just lost 10 to 7 to Charlotte, uh, who was picked last in the American, who had not won a game against an FBS opponent. Uh, their only win coming against an FCS opponent before this game. Uh, let's get one more in and uh, we'll get some thoughts from Jason and Marcus. 317 1250 on the Halloween Express live line. Jay is up in Farmville. Hey, Jay. Hey, Cliff. Um, I've got three short points and then I want to hear what Jason and Marcus have to say about it. Number one, um, Houston is determined to run the ball no matter what. He, that's why he hung his hat on running the ball. It's run first, then pass. Okay, I'm not saying Donnie's off the hook on that, but still. Secondly, I want to know who draws up the offensive line blocking schemes. Is it the offensive line coach? Is it the offensive coordinator? I understand our offensive line coach is in its first year. But if Donnie tells him, I need you to block and open this hole for this play, somebody's losing something. And thirdly, the you look at what 
Charlotte did, getting all those players out of the portal, some from Michigan, some from different players, a lot better athletes. And if you looked at their offensive line, they were huge. So was the defensive line. Houston refused to use the portal with what we had and what we did get has not proven a thing. I'll hang up and listen. Thank you. All right. Thank you for the call. Charlotte's not any good either, by the way, but we lost to them, so they're better than us. Um, you guys want to respond? To, yeah. Hey, how about, Jason, you don't know about this particular staff, uh, but in, in previous staffs and you too, Marcus, how about – who does the blocking schemes? Is that the O-line coach, coordinator, head coach? It's the O-line coach. He <clears throat> he puts together the blocking schemes for the week for the O-line. I'm sure the offensive coordinator, they'll go over it and, and you know, make sure uh, they're on the same page. But it's going to be the O-line coach who puts together the, the run schemes, the blocking schemes throughout the week for those guys. So um, that's the answer to that question. Uh, I mean, to add to it, I mean, I, it, it, it really kind of depends on the OC, really, uh, because I have been in, in places where the coordinator is pretty much the coordinator of everything, where he's doing the, the schemes for the offensive line and going through it with the O-line coach. And um, But uh, e- either way, we, d- we don't know. Those are the little things or, or, or actually very important things that we don't know. We don't have the inside scoop of who has that uh, autonomy. Well, most uh, I'm, I'm going to be honest with Mo- you. Most, most places them. I've ever been, the the old lineman, unless that offensive coordinator is a run a o line guy in nature, O line coach is gonna put together the run schemes. I, I would say hundred percent of places I've been. Uh you guys wanna uh, we, we just went through some calls. We'll take a break, get to some more. Y'all wanna give your thoughts on today? I just think, um, I mean, it worked out pretty much uh, outside of the score. Like, I thought the score would be a little bit higher than what it was, but um, it worked out to where uh, pretty much what I thought in, in regards to the defense was going to play and uh, up to what they've been showing over the last few weeks uh, during their deal. Um, but the thing is, is that I don't think we have the defense to win championships, if that makes sense, right? Like we talk about defense winning championships. We don't have that defense because the other parts of that has to go along with it, if you know what I mean, right? And so the special teams and the offense has to make plays at some point, right? And we don't have the defense that's going to, you know, get the turnovers consistently on a weekly basis and uh, give us opportunity after after opportunity. We've had uh, games where we had multiple turnovers, but, uh, you know, like today we – how many turnovers do we have? One for sure. All right. I mean, that's that's one. But it's pretty bad when Julius yeah. Wood intercepts it, and you're like, man, yeah. the only way we, we're we going to score one. is we if he takes well, over. We we had two. We had a special teams where they yeah. dropped the point. I mean, yeah. they so, gave us on, on those points. They, they gave defense. us that's points. special teams. Yeah. Well, and and they didn't even we didn't even get points then. Remember now, the one that Julius got, we got zero <laughs> points out of that. That's right. So that's that was a wash. I mean, but. You know, we man, I, I don't think you can blame this on the defense no. whatsoever. No, 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 no. not they, at all. They, not they, at they all. can't. You can't go in saying the only way we're going to win is if our defense. I know why we say that because of what we experienced this year. But that can't be your game plan. That no. can't be your model. The game plan is game. to is was for the defense to have us give us giving us a chance to win the football game, and they did and they again. Did. Yes, exactly, and that's my point. They have to play beyond perfect at they, this point yes. to win a football game, yes. and that is not. Yeah, that, that's not fair. You yeah, can't you right. can't do that. If they got us one turnover, they've done their job. That's what they did. And they <laughs> you know did their job. They can't. <laughs> they you did. know you don't come out of games with 
you know, four and five turnovers that help, you know, create field position for you. You come out with some three and outs. We could we could do that to, you know, to, to keep field position in our favor. But even then, I mean, college football, did y'all watch what those guys did? All they did was said, you know what? You can't stop our the best player. Option. And yeah. they ran speed option all day. all day long. That's all they did. They kept the ball in their best player's hand. 317-1250. We're back to your calls, Chris, Charles, Keith, and Brad. When we return on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show, strap in. Going to be a long one. Going to be a rough one. Just like that game was. Pirates lose 10-7. We're back with more after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. Now with the Pirate Radio scoreboard, here's Shirley Rhodes. All right, let's uh, run down some of the finals from earlier today. Air Force beat Navy 17-6. It was Baylor 32, Cincinnati 29. Boston College uh, beat Georgia Tech 38-23. It was Memphis pounding UAB 45-21 was that final. Ohio State beat Penn State 20-12. It was Oklahoma 31, UCF 29. And Mississippi State beat Arkansas by a final of 7-3. Games going on right now. Iowa has a 10-3 lead over Minnesota in the third quarter. Tulane leads North Texas 21-7 in the third quarter. Oklahoma State trails West Virginia 17-13 in the third quarter. It's Nebraska 10, Northwestern 6 in the third. Pittsburgh and Wake Forest are tied at 7 apiece, and Missouri leads South Carolina 24-6. Tennessee all over Alabama at the half 20-7. That is a look at your Buccaneers uh, Music Hall scoreboard brought to you by The Buck. They have all the fun for your Sunday fun day covered. Every Sunday, kick off the day at The Buck with the largest 4K screen in Greenville along with 18 TV so you don't miss a game. They'll have mimosa specials, a Bloody Mary menu, and pizza all day from Pizza Hut. And don't forget the weekly jersey giveaway starting at 5 o'clock. Score every Sunday at The Buck. Now let's head back in to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Barack. Uh, that's not my name, Shirley. Oh, I'm sorry. Biff Brock. Thank you. <laughs> I'm embracing my Biff today. Biff came here. Biff won. Small Biff. <sighs> Man. Little Biff. A little bit. Little Biff. Little Biff. Shirley here. Joey here. Marcus Crandall and Jason Nichols following a 10 to 7 loss today. East Carolina uh, late in the game did get over 100 yards of total offense. 127 yards of offense today. And let me just check how many penalty yards because I think. Uh, Charlotte might have had another 15 after that uh, that stat. I'll find it in a minute. Uh, anyway, 317-1250. We have four lines on the Halloween Express live line. I think we need more because it's going to burn down today. I uh, got a lot of folks chiming in. Chris, Charles, Keith, hang on. Let's go to Brad in Greenville. Hey, Brad. He didn't hang on. Oh, Brad, you there? Yeah, fellas. How are y'all? Hey, what's up? So I'm not going to say anything different than uh, anyone else has said, but uh, we're bad. We're really, really bad. The offense, dismal. Uh, if changes aren't made, then I don't know where we go from here. But I'll hang up and uh, let you guys commentate and do your thing. 
Yeah, I wish we knew where to go from here. We were kind of talking about dur- that during the break. Uh, you know, quarterback at at anything right now. Uh, but we got what we got, and and it ain't pretty. Uh, not at all. 317-1250. Keith is up in Myrtle Beach. Hello, Keith. Hey, Clipped. How are you? Terrible. How about you? Uh, I, bad. Yeah. Real, real bad. Uh how how do we fix this? Like, do we fire everybody, and do we maybe get the death penalty, like SMU, or where where do we go? I mean, I, what good would firing everybody do right now? I will say this: I thought that there wouldn't be any coaching changes till the end of the year, and during that game, I said, you know, if you get shut out by Charlotte. It's about time for a coaching change, something. Uh, and and I like Donnie Kirkpatrick uh, as a person, but this offense uh, is pitiful, putting up 127 yards today against Charlotte. The seven ECU scored was off a gift. Charlotte said, here, take the ball at the 10, and we scored a touchdown on that. So now I'm changing my tune a little bit. Would not be surprised if there are in-season changes uh, as far as the coaching staff goes. I mean, they, those guys literally tried to hand that game to us on a platter. Multiple right? uh, times. Multiple times, right? Uh, with the muff punt, uh, we, we didn't. Um, well, we scored off of that, but um, <laughs> we, we had the, at the, towards the end of the game, uh, we all thought that the quarterback probably should have kept the ball and ran it and uh, probably sealed the game. Uh, yeah, and, and plenty other times. They, they pretty much kind of tried to give us the game throughout that, uh, at least the last 10 minutes of the game uh but we didn't take advantage and that that leads to believe or leads me to believe that you know we were not that good we're not because good teams actually take advantage of those things um take them and they take advantage and, and find a way to get the job done and we didn't all right we uh head back out to the halloween express live line and talk to charles in fayetteville hey charles charles chuck no. All right, let's try Chris in Arapahoe. Hello, Chris. Yes, the first thing I'd like to say is uh, bad, bad game. And uh, second, we lost to a team that their coach looks like Senator Fetterman from Pennsylvania. I mean, come on, have some class. Wear, wear a shirt or something. Um, uh, I'd like to say that you look at JMU's record right now after Houston left. I don't. I don't know if Houston was the guy that got JMU to the level that they're at. It might have been the players. I mean, they're still killing it. He's here. Donnie Kirkpatrick needs to stop having that playbook from the '80s or '70s or whatever he's got because it ain't working. And last thing I'm going to say is we had the ball before half, and we run some bullcrap easy plays. Didn't try to get no chunk yards down the field. And that just shows that our coaches are incompetent of being in the situation that they're in. That's all I have to say. Go Pirates, uh, fire Houston, and fire the OC. All right, Chris. Frustrated Pirate fan, as many are after just a uh, depressing performance today. 10-7 to lost homecoming, uh, Hall of Fame weekend. A lot of former Pirates in town. Um, you guys want it so bad and, and being so far away from something competent on the field. Uh, let's check in with our fifth quarter cohort, Billy Weaver, before we take a timeout. Um, Weave, you are not here, but you are calling in. What's up? 
Well, I actually wish I was there because um, I figured this would be a lit show, uh, but not for good reasons. Let me just say that was an embarrassment to watch. And I have actually never been in a situation where it was actually laughable at East Carolina. That was laughable. That was, you knew they were not going to win that game. I just had every thought in my mind that there's no way they're going to win this game. Charlotte gave them every opportunity to win that game, and I knew the Pirates were not going to take advantage of it. I I just knew it. Um, And you know what? If, If someone shows you what they are or someone tells you what they are, believe them. The Pirates showed us what they are today. They're a one-win football team, and that one win coming over an FCS team, um, that's what you got for this year. And, you know, I'm not one to say, to usually say, fire coaches, fire this, do that. You know, it's, that's for the fans to do. But with that being said, after watching this performance today and losing at home on homecoming to a one-in-five at the time uh, Charlotte team, who had not won a game in the American Athletic Conference yet. That was their first win. You lose that game at home. If you're John Gilbert and you're not right now trying to figure out what you want to do in the future as far as do I need to go talk to boosters and see if there's somebody that's willing to eat this money on this contract and get rid of Mike Houston now. I don't think that drastic but i think you got to start thinking in terms of that okay this is not working this is year number five at any other place in the country mike houston would be gone period i don't think that's going to happen but i do think someone is going to lose their job because if you're mike houston the only way you save your job is to eliminate someone else uh that can be the fall guy so to speak i hate to use that word but that's basically what it is in that situation to save his job for another year to get another year to prove okay i'm worthy of being on this level i that's what i foresee happening i see that he's going to fire donnie to save his job and then next year he's going to have that one year he's basically going to have a one-year contract to prove that he can coach at east carolina university and if he can't get it done next year he's gone period. So that's just my thoughts on the whole thing. Very disappointing all the way around. It really is. No doubt, Weave. Um, we'll uh, we'll get you on Pirate Radio Live this week, talk more about it, and uh, we we'll need to get to all these calls, but good to hear from you after the game, and uh, and yeah, agree with your thoughts. Alright, man, that's just my two cents worth. Yeah. Uh, have fun. I, I, you know, I do hate that I'm not there uh, kind of helping uh, you know, plug the holes in the ship. <laughs> we need you. We, we missed you here, man. <laughs> hey, hey. We know you had a good time where you are, though. Keep keep bailing water, guys, man. That, don't let the ship sink. We got you. All right. There you go. Billy Weaver joining us. Halloween Express live line. Adam on YouTube uh, says, need a quarterback. We need someone who can coach a quarterback. Well, I mean, hmm. uh, or recruit one way or the other because uh, – and I was thinking about this, like, kind of a rhetorical question, but what do we do at practice on offense? Like, do we complete passes? Do we look competent at practice? I know if I, I ask know. the coaches, they'll say, yeah, we had a great practice. But, like, do we look like our football team at practice? Because we don't during game day. 
you on got, offense. Maybe you need to sneak a drone or something over there and get some clips because I, I couldn't tell you. I mean, I would, I would think they look. I, I, you know, I don't know. I would think they have to be functional. I mean, as a coach, you got to get on them if it's not during practice, right? I and mean, all, yeah. we as a coach, that's practice is everything. So if you can't, if you don't get it done in practice, what makes you think you're going to get it done in the game? So right. I got to know that they got to be on them. I, but there's some disconnect. I don't know what it is between whatever goes on on practice to the game field. There's there's something that we're not seeing because, I mean, I, you know, fellas, we talked about it being in here. I try not to be so critical of the program, but God, I mean, like we're the same team we were seven weeks ago. Yeah. If not worse, like we have. I mean, we we don't look like we've grown anywhere. I mean, it, it's uh, so that's the frustrating part when you sit here and you say, well, you know, what's the steps that we've taken? I don't know if we've taken any. Yeah, I asked you before the game, yeah. Marcus, because you are Mister Positive, optimistic. I said, what positive strides have we made offensively? And even Mister Positive said yeah, we're, we're, you had to find. Standing. He said, "Where's the magnifying glass? Yeah, and where's the fine tooth comb? Because like yeah. it's hard to point out." After this game, I mean, we're taking steps backwards. It yeah. looks like. I mean, fellas, we struggled to get a hundred yards until late mm-hmm. in that game. Yeah, a hundred yards. Something's. I mean, like, it, it, like I, you know, I don't know. A yeah. hundred yards. <laughs> All right, Steve, Bucky, and Kyle in LaGrange will be up next when we return at U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. Thanks to Wings Over Greenville for the great post-game food. Drop by some traditional, well, Joey picked it up, actually, but they cooked us up. Some great traditional and boneless wings. Uh, great night of football still ahead, so if you want it delivered to your door, 758-WING, Wings Over Greenville can do that for you. All right, we're back with more U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. Bad loss for the Pirates. We're talking about it, and we'll do more after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. Shirley was trying to play some audio from Mike Houston, and maybe I can play it here off this computer, Shirley, uh, to hear his post-game press conference. Let me see if I can get it here on this one. I was really disappointed in uh, the ending of the ball game and not being able to get the win. Um, You know, it's uh, I I, I thought it would be a a close game. They've been in a lot of those just like us this year. Um, We had our opportunities. We did did not play great in the first half. you know, we've got to do a better job there. But uh, both the kids, uh, you know, the second half, they, they played very hard to give us a chance. Um, but we were not able to, you know, convert and uh, take advantage of some opportunities right there. And, uh, you know, that's, you got to do that in order to win that ball game. So, Mike Houston there. Uh, after that, I mean, nothing he can say right now is going to make anybody happy, but more close game and. I don't think anybody's questioning effort at this point from the players. I mean, we're seeing that, right? But we're not seeing execution. We're not seeing any improvements. And uh, once again, just uh, 
very disappointing outcome uh the most disappointing of the year losing 10 to 7 and again you go back to just the the total yards for east carolina today 127 uh total yards in the game and it took them late in the game to get uh over 100 yards uh by the way charlotte had 90 penalty yards so they almost equaled our total yards in that game time of possession is this right i know this stat's misleading sometimes jason (laughs) 41 to 19 in favor of charlotte Charlotte? yeah i I agree good god (laughs) i agree and look how close we were. I mean, we we still had a chance to win that. They game. tried to give us the game. <laughs> they, yeah. they had a silver platter. Said, "Here you go, Pirates." Uh, yeah. We said, "No, thank you. We won't take it." Uh, another thing, too, Jason. Somebody palms down. <laughs> you mentioned uh, this. I, I I think completely. You said uh, certainly when Charlotte had the ball, that looked like a middle school or high school game with the offenses. They're running a little option. We can barely complete a pass. You know, over ten yards. It was just ugly football. It was, man. It was disappointing. I mean, I, I thought, you know, I was hoping, shall I say, that we would find a way to win it today, and we couldn't. And they just ran some simple speed option plays with their quarterback, and uh, he seemed to slither through and would always make it a manageable down for those guys most of the game today. And then they took they took that one shot off of the QB, you know, speed option look where they slipped the guy down the sideline. They hit him right there. And we ended up tackling him on the on the one yard line or whatnot. But um yeah, it was it was uh it wasn't a, a great offensive game by any means. <laughs> I mean that that's not another kudos go out to the defense, man, because they came out with that game plan of or they ran the speed option which we hadn't faced all year. Yeah. In regards to that. And so that that's really a tough <laughs> offensive play to cover. And uh, because you really have to be disciplined with it on the defensive side of the ball. Um, We gave up some plays here and there, but for the most part, I mean, um, you know, they only scored 10 points. It looked like they hadn't done it a lot either because the back kept dropping the ball on the pitches. I mean, it was just ugly all around. You would think there was like rain and sideways rain, Mm -hmm. and then no, it was a nice, beautiful day and just some ugly offense. Davis, uh, Steve, Bucky, hang on. Let's go to Kyle in the Grange. What's up, Kyle? Clip. I don't even know where to start, man. I got so many places I want to go. Um, start off looking at Mike Houston. I said it after game two. I've said it since then, and I'll keep saying it. I really believe he don't think he didn't think he was going to be here this year. I think his arrogance has bit him in the ass. I don't think he's done a good job recruiting uh, on the opposite side of the ball. Uh, if you look at you know receivers he's bought in the last couple of years, half of them ain't even on the team anymore. More than half. Um, he's had so many misses at receiver. Uh, they we're, we're, we're vastly under-talented on the offensive line. Um, quarterback situation is a nightmare. If, if I don't see Mason Garcia again, nothing against the young man personally, it'll be too soon. I, um, I, I don't, you know, you look back at Mike Houston and um, we look at JMU. And JMU's rolling out the FBS level. JMU's been a power for a long time. They've won with every – Everett Withers was the head coach there prior to Mike Houston. He didn't get fired. He left to take an FBS job at Texas State. He was a finalist here for our job when we hired Scotty Montgomery. Um, now Everett Withers is the defense coordinator at Temple, and they can't stop air. JMU was an Alabama of the FCS. They're much like Appalachian State. They've transitioned to FBS, and they just can't. They just keep winning. That won't Mike Houston. That was the program. He's never won with his own players anywhere. When he took over at the Citadel, you know that was he was there two years. That was with the other people's players. 
the previous staff. Um, he doesn't know how to build a program. And he cannot coach at this level. Uh, offensively, we're horrible. We, we are beyond horrible. I'm saying the obvious. Everybody else got is horrible. I'm legally blind. The blind man can see the offense is horrible. Horrible. There's no excuse for it. No excuse to be this bad. Biff Posey, a man who doesn't wear a whole shirt in year one, in year one of a 10-year-old program, came in here, beat our ass. No pride. No pride. We let Charlotte, Charlotte, Marcus Strandall, Jason Nichols, y'all wouldn't have let that happen. We let Charlotte come in here and beat us. We, we, we are, we are, Mike Houston is a con. He is a scam. And he deserves to be fired because of his arrogance. His arrogance, thinking that he was going to ride whole nailers and them boys coattails to an SEC or ACC job, and he wouldn't be here this year. He thought he was going nine or ten games yesterday, last year, but because he does not have a coach, all he can do is eight, even with all that talent. Everybody at Pirate Nation owes Holt Naylor a huge apology. He's the only reason we won eight games last year. He's the only reason we won seven games before, along with his teammates. It wasn't because of Mike Houston is his idiotic, moronic, offensive coaching staff. Donnie, people want to say, oh, Donnie. Donnie's gone, man. Donnie's as gone as the wind. There ain't no question that Donnie's going to be fired. I would fire him tonight. We're going to go 1-11, and let me, let me put that in perspective for everyone. The worst season in East Carolina history if we go 1-11, what people say, hey, we went 1-11 under John Thompson. Look at that schedule versus this schedule. And his, was, his one win was against the FBS opponent. Our one wins against Gardner-Webb. We ain't beating anybody else. 1-11. Scotty, we are as bad as we were under Scotty Montgomery. The reason the scores don't look as bad, Scotty Montgomery was bad on defense. Our offense is the equivalent to Scotty Montgomery's defense. The scores just look better because the defense is good. But we are as bad as we were under Scotty Montgomery. Scotty Montgomery at least won three games. He at least beat NC State, UNC. I hated Scotty Montgomery because I was such a big fan of Ruff. This is, put it in perspective, this is five years now for Mike Houston. This is going to be three losing teams out of five. There was two good ones in between, but I put that mostly on Holton and the boys that Montgomery brought in here. And does Rashi Harris, does he have naked pictures of Mike Houston? Every time another running back, Camaro Edmonds, Marlon Gunn touches the ball, they make bigger plays. I'm assuming we're playing Raji because he's better with blocking. But my God, I, I, that's not a knock on Raji. We're not playing our best players at running back. We're just not. It, it, I don't know what we're doing. But I tell you what, you can't convince me if we go 1-11. Somebody better come up with the money. His buyout is around $4 million because John Gilbert made his base salary so high out of arrogance also, because he thought his boy was going to get hired away by somebody else, and another school would be buying out this contract, not that we would have to buy it out ourselves. So we might have to make that decision and fire him and pay that $4 million after going 1-11, because we're going to go 1-11. And you might have to hire somebody on the, on the cheap. Now, I, I don't even know if Western Carolina won today, but I'm going to give somebody a name. Kerwin Bell. Kerwin Bell is the head coach of Western Carolina. They're averaging about 50 points per game. Okay. He's built that program. He won a national championship at Bob Dawson State, all on offense at the Division II level. He's gone to Western Carolina, a horrible FCS program, and has built that program himself. They're averaging about 50 points a game. Keep higher. He, he, maybe he retains Blake Harrell and the defensive staff. We turn it around on offense. He can bring in his quarterback from Western. That's just an option. I'm just throwing it out there because we're not going to have a lot of money to make a hire. We're going to have to fire him. He deserves, even, even if you think he can turn it around, because of his arrogance, putting us in this situation, he deserves to be 
fired if we go 1-11, and and we're going 1-11. and This is embarrassing. This is sickening. This is disgusting. And you know what? I don't give a damn. If I lose my media credentials or whatever, see, Mike Houston won't come on my podcast anymore. I don't give a crap because he sucks. This is embarrassing, unacceptable. That's all I got, guys. Go Pirates. Kyle LaGrange. Another uh, banger of a call there from Kyle. I didn't have the heart to tell him that Western Carolina scored 17 points and lost today. Uh, it was, had a, such a strong call. <laughs> they lost call. to Furman at that time. Yeah, lost to the Paladins. Um, he mentioned Jason and Marcus. Y'all wouldn't have let this happen, losing to Charlotte. And Jason, can we pull back the curtain a little bit of conversation we had? Because I thought it was a good conversation during the game, and I agree with you. And we kind of fell into the trap of – believing that we lost to a good Marshall team and a good App State team. And, uh, Jason, you're calling that a little fool's gold uh, because you've seen what those teams have done since they've beaten East Carolina. I'm, I'm just calling it from what I see. You know, like, I, I really – I watched that game the other night with with Marshall and – James like, Madison. I mean, yeah, when they played when they James Madison. Up, yeah. And I'm like, this that, that team's no good. They couldn't – you know – um, and we talked about it with App State and what they went through and how, you know, if it wasn't for uh, a, a late field goal, they lose to ULM, you know. And so and then they come back the next week and they lose a game. And so I'm hearing all this because, you know, I, I you know, I, I'm not associated with the program anymore. So I read and see the same things. I'm thinking these teams are coming in here and they're just I'm about to see some demons. But, you know, we talked about this. I mean, like, I'm going to be, you know. It's just it's just frustrating because these are teams that we would have loved to seen on the schedule. Personally, he right that they would not come in here and beat us because you know what when we played here we didn't want to lose from anybody in the state of North Carolina. That was the chip we had on our shoulder, and until we get a chip back on our shoulder, which we do not have, I don't care what they say. Defense plays fine, but that chip needs to be on everybody's shoulder. It should be on the offensive shoulder, the offensive line shoulder, the quarterback shoulder. Everybody who walks on that field should have a chip on their damn shoulder about who we are as far as pirates. And that's that's just the what's pent up in me right now that yeah. I'm letting go. But we don't have a chip right now. That's what the last call is basically saying. We don't have that right now. We don't play like that right now. I don't see us playing for our lives when we're out there on the football field. Not saying that they're not trying to do their best. Right. Maybe they are, but I don't see the we're going to refuse to lose this game mentality. Uh, back to the Halloween Express live line. Bucky is up in Farmville. Hello, Bucky. Hey, guys. Let me just start off and say I've been a lifelong pirate. I bleed purple. I've been a fan since back in the 92 Peach Bowl team. I've seen good teams. I've seen the bad teams from the Scott of Montgomery, and this is the worst ECU football team in ECU history. All right, we need to fire the coach, fire the AD, fire the offense coordinator, and fire three English teachers. This is unacceptable. Terrible. I, I mean, the offense coordinator just plays off of Madden rookie mode. How do we not even get 100 yards till the fourth quarter? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This is the worst team. Mike Houston is driving this team into the dirt. I believe the Rose Rampant could beat this ECU football team. This is unbelievable. I, I, we, I agree with the previous caller. We're going 1-11 and this year, and this is going to be an absolute 
stain on ECU football history. And then keep this in mind. This will have repercussions. There are kids watching these games seeing us lose to a team in Charlotte. We, how are we going to out-recruit anybody? UNC is a great football program this year, and ECU is terrible. Who is going to go to our school? This is going to have serious repercussions. We need to fire, cut our losses now, fire everybody, and start from scratch. That's all i got to say. Go Pirates. I still believe Purple. I'll be at every game. But good Lord, this is horrible. Unacceptable. All right, Bucky. I hear your frustration, man. Good call. I leave the teachers alone. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe you can fire a couple of them, I guess. Uh, Bucky calling for teachers' heads as well. 317-1250 on the Halloween Express live line. Steve's up in Greenville. Hey, Steve. Hey, guys. I am uh, just watched the pitiful game like everybody else did, and I, I like to comment that both offenses look like middle school, really. But when it comes to firing the head coach, I don't think that's really a possibility. Uh, definitely, definitely offensive coordinator. I mean, to call our offense vanilla is an insult to vanilla. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, to my mind, you know, it's it's when the old saying is true, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. Um, I think you got to play one quarterback. We're proven we can lose with both quarterbacks. So put, play one, pick the one you think is going to be the best, and – let him make those mistakes. Don't don't have someone playing behind him all, all the time. That's that's my opinion. And you know, I've been a long time pirate over fifty years, so going to keep giving my money to the pirate club. Going to keep buying my season tickets, and I'm going to keep driving the five hours from Washington D.C. to Greenville to come to the games. But it is pitiful, and I agree 100 percent with uh, with the studio, uh, Marcus and, and Jason, and and you guys. Um, we just we need that chip again, and, and I'm ready for it. Um, Ready for that. Ready for it. To, ready for it to change. But we can't fire the head coach. Not yet. Not yet. We can't afford to be paying athletic directors and head coaches in perpetuity. We just got to stick with them and get rid of our offensive coordinator and find someone who has the game hasn't passed by yet. Steve, thank you. Good call. Three one seven twelve fifty. As far as playing one quarterback and sticking with, I mean. Do, it. do you want Garcia to, to play it out today? I mean, Flynn provided a spark. It was a small spark, but it was something. And I don't know, Marcus, we talked about this uh, before the game, that um, the confidence of these quarterbacks and do you, you give them a game. But, again, we gave Garcia a game, and he couldn't put any points on the board. So what do you do in that case? You, yeah, I mean, I think they did the right thing today Yeah. Um, in regards to, you know, he, he wasn't uh, being productive out there on the field, had some had some opportunities, didn't take advantage of them. And uh, I think that move, move had to be made today. Um, what I was referring to in regards to the two is I, I going into the game, I, I think you definitely have to have a better uh, plan for both of them. Um, you know, whether it, it it's, you know, you know, you've seen where quarterbacks, uh, when you have a two-quarterback system where in in between the series or sure, in, within yeah. the series, Situational they change quarterbacks. Stuff, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that type of thing, you know, just to kind of throw defenses off because it does. It does exactly that, right? Because defenses have to prepare for two quarterbacks, and then they have to prepare for quarterbacks in different situations. And so uh, that that's my thought with it. And, um, you know, obviously they, they think differently in regards to what they have and their, their plan going forward with it. Um, you know, and, um, you know, having that defense that, you know, uh, that we have right now is, and how they're playing, 
um, you might feel a little bit comfortable with where you are. 317-1250. Let's go to Davis in Greenville. Hey, Davis. Hey. Hey. So, I think we should just completely start over. We should fire just about everyone. This is my problem. How are you going to fire McNeil for having a 5-7 and seven record, but you will not fire Houston for 1-6 and six right now? Like, that's ridiculous. We did not show up this game. We sucked. We lost to a random team. This yeah. sucks. That's all I've got to say. All right. We okay. suck. Yeah, well, proof's in the pudding there. Davis in Greenville says well, we suck, and uh, the numbers kind of point that out. Third downs today, Charlotte 3 of 15, East Carolina 2 of 14. Mm. Pirates have 88 passing yards. Mm. Did have a passing touchdown, not to a receiver, to the tight end, Calhoun. Another game with no touchdown for a wide receiver. Uh, the numbers are pathetic on the uh, UBE stat sheet, and you just cannot win football games asking your defense to play beyond perfect and that is what it seems like they're doing right now and <laughs> i mean i, I think B, i think it was b page that said um in regards to when you think about east carolina and football you think the first thing that comes to mind is offense yes all right yeah offensive explosion you know putting up points and uh, that's what we've been known as across the country and um to sit where we are right now it's um yeah it is disappointing because you, you have passionate fans and uh, alumni who um, you know want to see better, uh, know we could we can do better, uh, but we're just not seeing it. Yeah, I mean credit to the fans that were there and Absolutely. stuck it out today. Absolutely, uh, because they are not getting a good product to watch, especially on on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, in the age of uh, protesting and strikes, uh, the the defense should go on strike. They should take a week off. They should pick it and say, until we throw a touchdown to a receiver, we're not going back out there. Defense, if you're listening, want to get to get us where we want to get. Defense, if you're listening, please don't do that. Nah, we we okay. need you. Nah, we I'm, need you. Maybe I'm a little irrational right yeah, now. Yeah, okay, yeah, let me yeah. calm just, down. Just a little. All right, Donna, Steve, Drew, Caden, hang on. We'll get to your calls when we return on the U.S. Sailor Fifth Quarter Call-In Show. Halloween Express Live Line is rocking. More to go after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular Fifth Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Here's Clip Brock. Now, with the Pirate Radio scoreboard, here's Shirley Rhodes. All right, Iowa is clinging to a one-point lead over Minnesota at the moment. 10-9 is that score in the fourth quarter. North Texas is only trailing uh, 23rd-ranked Tulane by seven right now in the fourth quarter. It's 28-21 Green Wave. Northwestern trailing Nebraska 17-9 in the fourth quarter. It is Pittsburgh 10, Wake Forest 7 in the fourth. Oklahoma State leads West Virginia 27-24 in the fourth quarter. Missouri leads South Carolina 27-9 in the fourth. UConn is leading South Florida 21-10 in the fourth quarter. It's Tennessee 20, Alabama 24 at the start of the fourth quarter. They just started the fourth quarter in Oregon as uh, the Ducks lead Washington State 31-16 in the fourth quarter. Texas and Houston 
tied at 21 apiece in the third quarter. That is a look at your Buccaneer Music Hall School Board brought to you by The Buck. The Buck has all the fun for your Sunday fun day covered. Every Sunday, kick off the day at The Buck with the largest 4K screen in Greenville, along with 18 TV so you don't miss a game. They have mimosa specials, a Bloody Mary menu, and pizza all day from Pizza Hut. And don't forget the weekly jersey giveaway starting at 5 o'clock. Score every Sunday at The Buck. Now let's head back in to the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Broad. All right, good update, Shirley, because now I have flipped over to Texas-Houston, and Texas is going to attempt a field goal here. Fourth and two, tied at 21. Uh, old Dana giving Texas a game today. So Oklahoma uh, was pushed to the limit by UCF. They win. They stop a two-point conversion and win at 31-29. to 29. And now Texas uh, being uh, given a test by Houston. So we'll keep an eye on everything going on. The North Texas, by the way, about to score. Second and goal on the one. They can tie Tulane in the fourth quarter. So interesting action going on across college football and i'll uh, we'll keep everybody up to date on that all right let's head back to the halloween express live line donna steve drew hang on let's go to caden in greenville hey caden caden did not have the patience did drew have the patience hello drew hey guys um thanks for you know providing this segment for a little uh venting um just tough to watch and be a pirate fan uh, just a couple notes. Um, any thoughts on you guys' end? Um, you know, I feel like we need to – we're not throwing much to our backs out of the backfield. Um, obviously, the O-line's not protecting well. I feel like we need to keep the backs in to protect the quarterback a little bit more. Um, just the tackles were getting beat all day. Um, I said to my friend when Julius Wood intercepted that pass, I was like, he's got to take this to the house. we got to get a defensive touchdown to win this game. Lo and behold, he doesn't get there. We missed the field goal. Um, we all know what goes from there. Um, you know, changes, obviously, I think still need to be made. Um, we just got to – you know, we're at the point where we lost 10-7 to to Charlotte on homecoming. Um, you know, do I see – I guess from a player's – ex-player's point of view, um, do we see a mass exit of – players leaving and going to the portal and then are we at a place as a program if we do lose x amount of players to be able to bring in quality nil portal transfers to be competitive um because i could see it going very worse more south than what it is now losing players and not getting some into the program um so as always go pirates i love you guys bleed purple and gold um and y'all have a good evening thank you all right drew thanks man i mean we live in a world now where if you're too good and your players get too good they might leave for that reason if you're a bad team they might i mean i think win or lose you're gonna have players leave at this point yeah and i I don't think you have to worry about a max s a mass exodus just because we're having a bad season Right. I mean, like, you know, you hear about this port and everybody think that's just the, the, the greatest thing. Listen, the number says 60 percent of the guys that go into the portal stays there. The other 40 percent that goes into the portal, they had a deal going on before they ever got there. OK, so, no, they can run to the portal all they want. I mean, but why do that when you don't have a place to go? Um, but, yeah, can we get some guys in on the NIL? 
I don't know how much money we got in there. How much are we able to pay him? If you're able to pay, you could probably get you some pretty good players out of the portal. But, you know, um, the problem is not just that, because when the players get here, you still got to put them in a good system. You got to put them in a good uh, uh, environment for them to be successful. That's the issue right now that we can, you know, that we got to address is getting it fixed by the root of the cause, not just trying to throw things on top of it, because this is something else, yeah. right? I mean, like, this isn't just losing. I mean, um, you look at it like Chandler just said. I mean, today you feel like our program touched bottom. And I can't disagree with that. We got one win, and the one win is an FCS opponent. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we need just a dramatic offensive overhaul this offseason. And whatever that is, it's players, it's philosophy, I guess, it's it's everything. Because uh, this is pathetic. It's pitiful. All right. Uh, Steve is up next in Raleigh. Hello, Steve. Steve, you there? Glad. Hey, man. Yeah, I'm there. Um, I know it's not Wednesday at AJ's, but real quick for you, got a little trivia question for you. How many touchdowns do you think this offense against FBS opposition, taking out the Gardner-Webb game, have scored this year? Seven. Maybe eight. One a game. It is six. Six. I gave him too much and, credit. Yeah. And of those six, you have a three-yard touchdown drive against Marshall. And then today, where they galloped a whole ten yards Correct. after that muff punt. So you're talking about four legitimate drives this offense has put together all season. It's it's past parity at this point. I, I think every caller has hit on it. That's that's where it starts and ends because I, I honestly just – the heart breaks for the defense. The fact that they go out there and give their effort that they still do to this level – is incredible and you just got to hope at some point that you have an offense that gives half as much as they do um to be quite honest and in i know just these next two weeks i'm I'm just i'm really worried man utsa tulane um these are teams that the defense has kept you in these games because they're doing their best but you know they're going against some legitimate offensive firepower and and at some point, I know, like, when we called into the show 2017, 2018, it was, or 2017, 2016, it was those big picture questions. And I'm kind of curious to hear your opinion. Do you think this program is in a better spot now than it was in 2017 under Scotty Moe, 2018, or equal or worse? I'm, yeah. I got the question for that. Yeah. Thanks, Steve. Good call. Good questions. I mean, I want to believe it is because we do have a defense that could win on Saturdays if you had any kind of competent offense. But that is a, a huge if right now because we don't have that. We don't have anything close to that, and it's holding us back. And 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 I agree with uh, with Kyle. I've had a similar thought too that uh, the games are closer because. And we've talked about this. Would you rather have a really strong defense or a really strong offense? I think we say defense because it will keep a game closer and keep you in a game. But it doesn't matter if you lose all of them. Um, so I want to say the program's in a better spot. But it, it's going to take a massive overhaul offensively for us to, to win football games. So, I don't know. I mean, defense can play as hard as they want. They can do um, all the things that they've done. But like I mentioned, at some point, you're going to need the offense to step up and make a play. And uh, we don't have that right now. Um, we'll, we'll have it, and then something happens, right? We had the big catch and then uh, incomplete pass. And, uh, you know, just those little things that seem like a, a ripple effect with this with this offense right now. 317-1250, Donna is up next in Greenville. Hey, Donna. Hey, 
Hey, guys. Hey, Coach Biff. How are you? Uh, doing great. Got a win today. Thank you. Good, good, good. Thanks for thanks for sharing. Sub dogs was great. For my weekly, <laughs> thanks for my uh, weekly therapy session. I appreciate it. Um, I just want to put out there, you know, Newburn High School has been put on probation for the rest of their playing, you know, season. Maybe we could get some of them in here and maybe actually turn over and win some games. But anyway, uh, just my you know two cents. But I hope you guys have a great night. Thank you for what you do and go Pirates. We are here for the uh, the therapy session. Sit on the couch and. Tell us your thoughts on pirate football, and we don't have answers, but we can try to talk you through it at least. Get through it together as a pirate yes, nation. Yes, yes. And uh, yeah, thank you, Donna, Kobe, John, Rod, the Cowboy. Hang on, we'll get to y'all when we return on the U.S. Sailor Fifth Quarter Call-In Show. At least we're uh, full and feeling good thanks to Wings Over Greenville, who uh, provided some awesome post-game food. Seven five eight wing. They'll deliver right to your door. As you watch college football on this third uh, Saturday night and a big third down conversion by Houston as they are giving Texas a game, 24-21. to 21. Houston driving. We'll keep you up to date on all the games going on on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard. Back with more on the fifth quarter after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular Fifth Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Here's Clip Brock. All right, 317-1250 on the Halloween Express live line. Lines have been locked and loaded throughout the show and uh, continue to be. Is that the old Tom in Greenville, Shirley? Oh, wow. Tom in Greenville for the first time coming up. Rod in Wilmington. John in Greenville. We'll go uh, to Colby in Greenville to get us started. Hey, Colby. Hey, how's it going tonight? All right. What's up? Um, I don't know if y'all remember Jay from last week from Greenville, but I'm his roommate, and I'm tired of this. You know, we're losing every week. I'm paying my tuition to go to this school, and we can't win a football game. It's terrible. We have no offense. We can't win with the defense on the field. I've never heard of a team that can win with only the defense on the field. It's terrible, and I'm tired of it. I need something new. Well, that's the thing, too. We haven't seen anything new or different. It feels like we're watching that. We were looking for a new episode, and we keep seeing the same episode every week, and it's frustrating. So that's uh, terrible. I mean, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Jay's roommate, go ahead. <laughs> what else, Kobe? I'm just tired of this two-quarterback offense. It's not working. We need to find the answer. There's someone has to stick out in practice. I don't know who it is, one of them. But one of them has to stick out. And it's weak. It's, it's, the season's almost over. Nobody's sticking out at this point. They're all sticking in. There's no sticking out. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand. You know, I just I just feel like this team needs some kind of spark. I don't know what it is. We might just have to wait till next season to see that. But I can yeah. stand us losing to Charlotte, man. Yeah. I, their their stadium is built built for a high school. It's terrible. It's terrible that we're losing to them. It's completely embarrassing. You're not wrong, Kobe. Kobe, can you play quarterback? Hey, you know, I was a center in high school. (laughs) Oh, that answered my question. (laughs) (laughs) I got you, brother. Need you say more, Kobe. (laughs) I might just have to walk on next season. All right. Do what you can. Thank you, Kobe. 
Yep, I appreciate y'all. Marcus, could you not interrupt Jay's roommate? <laughs> you know that that's sorry, Jay's sorry, roommate Jay. talking. Sorry, Jay. Come on, well, we had two Jay's last yeah, week. Was remember now? Yeah. Oh, there was, was a good and a bad. Drunk Jay, yeah, which was not. Kobe's roommate. I'm, 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 I'm the, the other Jay. Jay. And there was the yeah, other Jay. Y'all got a good memory. I forgot about that. Now I'm reminded. All right, John awesome. is up in Greenville next. Hey, John. <clears throat> hey, what's happening, man? Yep. Um, I said it last year, and I'll say it again this year. Just a John Thompson error. Like, there's nothing for the ECU program. Honestly, we got Mason Garcia in there. He's just another big dummy, just like Hoenn. Just not producing nothing. Stick Flynn in there and let him ride. <laughs> All right. That's the answer. Stick Flynn in there. Let him ride. All right, wait, we, we, we did see a little wildcat today. I think it was one snap. Yeah, we did. Who ran it? I don't even remember that. I think Roger. it was Rajay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, there's a start. <laughs> I do agree with Jay's roommate. Uh, well, I finally got him to say it. Like, I don't think there's a spark coming this year, boys. I think our spark is out. And if there is one, uh, it might be in 2024 when we flip the calendar. I just don't see anything well, changing. Well, it's, it's definitely getting tougher to ignite a spark. Because, let's just, you know, defense is playing hard. We just we, – they have no support right None. now. None. So – like the guy said, you can't win a football game on one side of the ball. Yeah. Um, it's tough to do. <clears throat> All right. We go to Rod in Wilmington. Hello, Rod. Hey, good evening, gentlemen. Uh, and Shirley, uh, uh, another tough uh, tough week, but I appreciate y'all being there for us to have a conversation about it all. And uh, yeah, I echo, y'all echo my sentiments. I'm echoing your sentiments. It's the same thing. Uh, I don't see uh I don't see the fire and I don't see the heart at least the heart necessary to you know, I don't see guys uh coming on the field at the beginning of the game and going all the way through the game jacked up, you know, and and uh patting each other on the back and shaking each other up, you know, telling each other, Let's go, let's make a play. I'm not seeing any of that and uh, that's a that's a big thing that's that's uh missing and the and the teams that win you see it. The, the teams we played against all year, we I've seen it, but uh, I'm not seeing it from us. If I, you know, uh, get two great players and coaching experience uh, sitting there, and uh, and uh, uh, you know, I don't necessarily know how you get it, but uh, I know it's it's got to start with coaches, and it might have to start with going out to practice and saying, look. I'm looking for playmakers today, and I don't care where they come from. If I go through this whole damn roster, I want somebody to make a play. If you go drop the ball around here, in the, well, if they're dropping it and 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 uh, and not having the fire during the game, you can bet you believe they're not doing it in practice. And uh, you know, I hear Coach Houston coming out week after week. Hey, well, we fought hard. We, you know, that's all. Well and good, but you got to get some fire. You know, you got to get some fire from somewhere, and uh, you know, that's that's my whole thing. Uh, yeah. All right, Rod, and and we've already had our bye week. We already had the all right clean slate. Uh, we're gonna play the best players. Everybody. I mean, I feel like we have done all this. I, there's just no answers. Uh, they got to keep playing. They got to keep practicing. They got to keep trying. But I feel like we've done all that at this point already. Well, if you go lose, <clears throat> like we've been losing, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> Crank it up, Rod. They're off to play, play those guys, uh, young guys, and get them ready for down the road. Yeah. Uh, so. All right, Rod. Always good to hear from you, man. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. 
there's our rod in wilmington the old cowboy getting the crane all right tom is up next in greenville on the halloween express live line hello tom how you doing guys hey uh great to hear your voice tom long time no here well i tell you what there's not much to talk about to tell you the truth what i don't understand is the defensive cap has kept them in the games and there has been no improvement in the offense it's just like you look at each other in the stand and you go, well, and this is the eighth time that the defense has given us the ball. And you just sit there and you go, like, we're going to just do a three and out. And it starts with the offensive line, but then it goes right across the, the offense. It's the skill players. It's the quarterback. I mean, and I, I, I don't know, think there's a, you know, a quick fix to this. We don't really throw the ball down the middle of the field. We throw it. We throw these out routes and we need seven or eight yards. We go four. Uh, it, and it's just, we just don't have the talent. I, I don't. You could bring Lincoln Riley back in here to run this offense, and there's not enough experience. There's not enough talent to run that offense. I don't care what you call; they just don't have the talent to run it, and it's not going to get any better anytime soon. So, you know, I've been watching this. I was at the first game in 1963. I've been watching this stuff for 60 years, and I, I I'll be danged. I don't have. I don't understand. It's like the defense has been playing lights out. It's almost like you want to yell at the defense to go down and kick the offense's ass or do something. I mean, because they keep giving the ball back and they sit down for a moment and then they have to get back out and go out again. We missed two field goals today. The one that really hurt was from the 12-yard line. You know, and, and I have a question. Why can't we find offensive linemen? I know it's difficult, but other G5, clean, other programs find offensive linemen. Why can't we? I, I just don't understand that. Jason, uh, we were talking about this ECU. I, I mean, I don't know if we've ever can say we had an elite offensive line. We've certainly had some great offensive linemen that have gone on to play the next level, but as a unit. But this is about as poor as I can remember. And you were pointing out, hey, that's, watch how far they move or don't move the defensive line on this next play. And there's just not a lot of push up there. A lot of guys getting beat. It's tough to watch. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> offensive line on this level, one is it comes as big projections. It have to be, and the reason why I say that is because most often offensive linemen that are six four, six five, six six plus, if they weigh three hundred plus pounds or whatnot, and they can play football, they got a power five offer somewhere, right? So what you got to be able to do on this level is find that six four, maybe six five guy that's undersized. And then be able to develop those guys into six four, six five guys that are three hundred plus type guys down the road. So developing those guys is a big deal here on this level. It's, it's that's what Group of Five is. We're we're a developing type of situation here at these places. So um, a lot of that is projection. Can they move or can they grow or you know how big are they? I mean, we done went through the whole gamut before looking at linemen. What's their bone structure? What does the mom look like? What does the dad look like? You know, <laughs> yeah. so much that you try to you know you know get at to make sure that you find the right one. And then to me, the best ones that I'm gonna be honest with you that we played with here when we were at East Carolina, I'm pretty sure uh, with a lot of people here, they were D linemen that got moved over the offensive line because they had a, a tenacity to them that they were defensive linemen to begin with and they played offensive line with that same tenacity. That's what, what you miss sometimes in just going and finding a offensive line guy. Right. The, the other part of that is that they find you because you're attractive. And, yeah. uh, right now... 
We're, we're not very attractive. Yeah. Is there a problem going from Shank to the new offensive coach? I mean, line coach. I mean, I, it's just like Shank has been around here so long. He's been here longer than I have. Yeah, Shank has been here a whole uh, about. And I just, you know, I, at some point you sit there and you watch them. They draw on the, you know, on their board down there, and they walk right out. And the same stuff happens again. So if you're going to get beat with people that are have experience or come in here on the portal, you might as well put people in there that are younger and let them, you know, at this point, get some, you know, baptism by fire because it's not working what we're doing. I mean, and the defense, we've got a great defense. You know, they do have some warts, but they're playing really, and they haven't quit. I mean, that's the biggest thing that I see. And I, I would find a quarterback, if it's Jeter, if we're going to go ahead and play a quarterback for the future. We're done with this. Mason, I don't know about Mason. He he hits receivers. I think I think the only way they're going to catch the ball is he throws it hard enough and it sticks under a damn mask. <laughs> that might be true, but <laughs> you got to hit that mask first. All right, Tom. Good to hear from you, man. Thank you. All right. Um, Keith on YouTube says, the D isn't as good as y'all are making them out to be either. Keith, they give up 10 today. They give up 24 to SMU when the offense is doing nothing and there's a pick six. Like None of us are saying they're the 85 Bears or the Ravens or whatever. They're playing good enough to to win football games in 2023. We're not saying they're world beaters, but it's all we got right now. And Hell, do you want to criticize the defense for what we've seen this year? No, no. I'm giving them a pass. I don't care if they play bad the rest of the year. They're not the problem. The offense is the problem. All right. uh, Malone, David, and Will hang on. Also, Shirley's putting up another sticker, and that would be Howard. We'll get to your calls when we return. U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. The Halloween Express live line still rocking and rolling. We're back with you after these words. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. All right, back with you. A couple of frustrated former Pirates here, Marcus Crandall, Jason Nichols. Frustrated alone, Biff Brock here as well. Uh, Howard, Malone, David, we'll get to your calls on the Halloween Express live line. Halloween Express is Greenville's premier Halloween superstore Next to Target in Greenville, 10 days away from Halloween. You can find your mask, decor, and more uh, for adults and kids. I got my Biff Pogey costume at Halloween Express. Aisle <laughs> uh, 3. Uh, get to Greenville's premier Halloween superstore, Halloween Express. Get shopping today. All right, we go to Raleigh and talk to Will next on that Halloween Express live line. Hello, Will. Hey, guys. Thanks for all you guys do. Thank you, man. Yep. I, I just want to say a couple quick points, and Jason's touched on this. I'll get to the point that he's touched on. But, you know, I don't – everybody wants to scapegoat Donnie, right? And maybe if you fire him, right, it's Mike Houston's style of football that Donnie calls. It might not be executed the way that you'd like it to, but it's his style of football, run on first down. If you do play action on first, first down and you don't get anything, run on second down. That's Mike Houston. I would say something that Mr. Nichols touched on, even if they brought in Lincoln Riley, if the scheme is still Mike Houston's scheme and you don't change the way you want to be as a football team, I don't think it matters. 
Shane Carden, everybody agrees our offense was prolific. You know what we did, too? We ran the ball because we passed on first down to set up the run. Sorry, that was yeah, we had a thousand yard rusher in that era of our awesome passing, uh, Ventavius Cooper, because teams feared our passing game. Well, that was when we played here. You know, we used the, the passing game to set up the running game, and we had a great running back here named Junior Smith. Yeah. I don't believe he's still the all time leading rusher, right? He did it in an era where we threw the football at that point in time more than most people in the country, right? And I agree with you, Will. I just. Uh, if you want to fire Donnie because you need a spark or need something different, uh, go for it. Uh, but I don't know how much it's going to change because I, I feel like Mike Houston is okay with what's being called. I, I don't know that for a fact, but that's how I feel. I agree with you. I think this is his offense. Yeah, I mean, it's his scheme. That's what he wants to do, and, you know, that's fine. It At East Carolina, it can work to run the ball, but you got to be able to break the run with – you brought up Cooper. He had two thousand yard seasons. You know you can run the ball, but you got to be able to pass the ball. Like I think uh, Mr. Nichols brought it up. You know a couple games ago, you got to be able to open it up by passing the ball on first down or just passing the ball in general, stretching the field. But I appreciate it, guys. Yeah, no Thank problem. you, Will. What we was really saying, Will, is you got you got to try to keep the defense off balance. Present one look, do something else. You know, and you can't do that the whole game. At some point, you do got to be able to hand it off and go get three yards or whatnot, but you do want to be able to keep the defense off balance as much as you can. Let me uh, let me pull up our yards per carry on the UB stat sheet real quick today, uh, but I, as I do that, we'll go to David in Farmville next. Hello, David. Hey, uh, good evening, guys. I'm glad I was able to get in. Hey, um, bear with me on this. This is just my analysis, and uh, I'd be interested in what you guys think about it. Um, so, so let's first look at the offensive line. Um, we lost Henderson, a tackle. We lost Jones, the center. And we lost Struther, a tackle, uh, last year. We, we replaced them with three or four guys we, we found off the portal. Um, we tried to pull in. But Henderson, jo- Jones was a transfer from Carolina. Um, Struther and Henderson, I believe, were just developed in the program. Um, when you lose an offensive line, um, particularly with what you've got, um, what you had before and, and what we're looking at now, the, the offense isn't going to click at all. Um, when, when you watch the game today, particularly the final drive, um, your left tackle was, was getting blown up every play. Uh, the left end was – the guy was coming in from the left side. Um, you can blame it on the offensive line, but then the question is, I'm sitting up in the stand seeing it, why? Why didn't the, um, the the coordinator go to a max protect situation? They had five wide, five guys on the offensive line, and the left tackle could not stop him. And twice, Flynn got sacked. Um, put a put a tight end out there with him, and at least try to slow him down to give Flynn enough time to be able to throw. Um, you know, certainly I, I can I can blame the offensive line, but. If the coaching staff isn't going to make the adjustments to, to, to help the team to be able to succeed, they made no adjustments. We went five wide, five wide, five wide. And um, Flynn did everything he could trying to find time to pass. He barely had enough time to scramble. And uh, that, was, that was the ball game. So, you know, 49 yards at halftime. Um, 
They had three first downs in the first half. One of them was from a penalty. They had 30 yards rushing, 19 yards passing, no screen passes, no reverses, no quick passes. Um, one of the biggest things, I've listened to you guys enough, and I really appreciate your comments, they're not winning first down. Um, if they're not getting positive yards, at least four to five yards on first down, what's happening is now you're getting in third and long. So what did they do on third, um, late in the game, third and, third and four, third and three? They threw the ball 35 yards downfield. Now it's fourth down. They punt. Earlier in the game, they had fourth and four. They only need five yards. They threw a 30-plus yard ball down the field that Johnson almost caught, but that was, that was a 50-50, 40-30, whatever you want to call it, percentage play. Um, you know, how, how are we getting worse Seven games in eight games into the season, seven games into the season, um, they're not getting better. And and if we know that the offensive line is 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 terrible, they're not putting anybody else on the line to try and help them. At least add tight ends so that you've got somebody on the left side to at least slow that guy down, so that Flynn's got time to at least think a little bit before he's getting blindsided. Um, uh, you had five first downs late in the game, two by penalty. Um, and the other question is, what happened to Camaro? He came in, he ran hard. I know he missed that one pass in the flat um, that he dropped. But then all of a sudden, he disappeared. Um, why, why no two-back set? Why, why not a fullback or somebody back there that can try to help, um, help block? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, you know. Certainly the play calling has a lot to do with it, uh, the offensive play calling. Um, you know, it, it, it's too predictable. Um, I, I'm just curious what you guys think. <laughs> well, you took the words right out of our, our mm. mouth a little bit. I, I think what they did do, they did try to do a chip protection with Rajay early on in the game. I did see um, the left tackle, I think, got beat. But he got beat because that chip block was not very good. You know, when you start talking about chip protection, you're telling that offensive tackle, hey, listen, set heavy on the inside because you're going to have help on the outside. And Rajay totally missed that chip on that on that tackle, and he came right around the edge and, and beat the tackle and, and made a play. So I think they had some of those situations in um, to get that done. I did see that. We pointed that out when we were watching the game at one point. So I think they had some some chip protections in there. I don't know how much of it they went to. Um, you're right. They did get into some empty stuff there late in the game. And, you know, and that's where your system has to be, you know, set up maybe to help you out a little bit there. You're right. Maybe put a tight end over there because what that does is that widens that guy, even if you want to get an empty put them at the end of the line, put them in a formation where, you know, you can still put them on the end of the line and being empty. And that still at least widens that guy away from the quarterback. Maybe, maybe give them a split second more to read something. But, you know, that's, that's all in your system. It's all in what you believe in and what you know how to do. All right, David, appreciate the call as always, man. Um, this, this is cool, but it also makes me depressed. Marcellus Harris has joined in on the chat. And oh, I wish me he, too. I wish me he was too. playing. Uh, he says, what up, J. Nick and MC? Keep up the great work. So, B2, uh, appreciate you, buddy. Appreciate Marcellus you, brother. Marcellus Harris could yes. use a little bit of that on the field right oh, now. He could, man. For East Carolina in a big way. Um, yeah, you asked about Camaro Edmonds. 
we watched the game but good lord these stats are worse than i remembered watching mason garcia was four of 14 for 19 yards wow <clears throat> that's why flynn came in the game alex flynn 11 of 18 69 yards touchdown camaro edmonds two carries 17 yards and that was it for him did have a big drop made up for it right after it with a lot with a nice run Very 17 nice yard run, run. Yep. marlon gunn four for 17 mason garcia five for 12 rajay four for negative one alex four for negative six uh some of those go with he had a big sack there at the end uh so my goodness these are just putrid numbers on the ub stat sheet your leading receiver if you want to call it that chase so well had a big contested catch again made a made a nice play uh three for 27 jalen johnson had a chance to make a big play could not complete the catch finishes three of 23 uh three for 23 on the day hatfield two for 12 calhoun two for nine and a touchdown i mean just nothing nothing that that one to jalen johnson down in the red zone i mean if you put it on his front fingertips he's going to catch that ball and get carried into the end zone worst case scenario if that linebacker who was chasing him was able to get to him we're going to at least have a first down right there and I think the linebacker was out of play. Yeah, I, I mean, because he, he had to fight I, I think, through. I think the guy that would have made the play to prevent him from scoring would, would have been a, a corner, corner or somebody. Who would have had to see him off. late. Yeah, yeah he would have had yeah, to come yeah, off yeah. late to get him. Somebody, the one yeah, near the goal line. Yeah, he caught it and fell on the ground. He had to just get it. I think he would have scored. But, yeah, worst case scenario. That's been our season. One yard line. That's been the tale of our season right there. All right. Uh, Malone is up in Jacksonville next on the Halloween Express live line. Hello, Malone. They're not on the fucking phone. Uh oh. Okay. Malone's cussing. Uh, we go to Howard in Burgall. Hello, Howard. Yeah, that was bad language, Malone. <laughs> yes, sir. Keep it clean for us, Howard. They shut him off. I'm going to keep it clean, but um, so you know, I appreciate you guys listening, and I want y'all to help me with this because I've been going to these games and watching this for 35 years and it is it, it's crazy man i mean how could we be worse five years into a coach that you know we hired from we thought this was going to be better than scotty montgomery this is worse you know we we bring this guy in and we're 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 paying him big money and we are worse than we were, in my opinion, when Scotty was there. And it's like every game that we play, you know, and and you look at our schedule, so we say all these games, in my opinion, we we can win or we can lose every single team we play. And there's a couple of games, like Gardner Webb, we know we're going to win that game. UNC Charlotte, we know we're going to win that game. But we didn't. But we know we've got two games on our schedule we're going to win, but we have the rest of the games that are kind of evenly matched, and we figure that we can win, but we can also lose, other than Michigan, obviously. But how does the program turn into what it is right now from what it used to be? It just makes no sense to me. So help me. Show me, show me where we are. Why is it so bad? A lot of uh, players leaving from a year ago, but a lot of teams have that in the country. Uh, we're, I guess, bad evaluating by our coaches to think we had something at quarterback here, not getting another quarterback. 
uh nil didn't help with the portal and and strother and uh guys leaving the the program um jones at center if, do you feel like that um mike kind of had all his eggs in that one back look that is a theory and signs point to that being true but i don't know if it's true or not but it almost did kind of feel like last year was the year go win 10 or 11 games which we didn't i feel like we left some wins on the table last year but maybe he thought holden's last year a lot of guys last year that was the year to win and get out i don't know if that's true or not but that theory is shared by a lot of folks it's it just it feels like that mike's the kind of guy that says um you know what uh, y'all all laughed at me and booed the whole night of the stadium when he had a bad game and i told you he was going to be good but um you know and he was but now i'm not going to let you tell me that mason is not going to be good because he's going to be good and i'm just still waiting for mason to be good is that am i thinking about it the right way or what are you saying i just kind of stubborn i mean yeah i just think mike's the kind of guy that's really stubborn and he's got all his eggs in the mason basket yeah and And again what do they look like at practice have has mason garcia been phenomenal at practice because we have not seen it during a game and that's all we can see so and that's what i think i think that mason is really a good practice player and he's really bad i mean i shouldn't say really bad He, he has not performed well in a game situation but i think that he's must be a really good practice player and what happens is this the stress of the game situation because i can't believe that a guy that's making millions of dollars a year can look at this and say this is the future of our program i'm not going to go in the portal and find something better i'm going to stick with what i got because this is the you know this is our future is mason garcia it's not it is not mason garcia is not the future of our program well, you know, one of the things, one of the greatest coaches I, I, I coached with, um, Todd Berry, used to always tell us as coaches, believe what you see on film. So no matter what you want to make that player out to be in your mind, you got to believe what you see on film because that's what you're going to get. And I don't care how great you are, and I used to try to tell this to my players, you, if you can be the greatest player in the world. If you don't do it in practice, uh, I'm not going to play you. And there was a kid here I thought was probably the one of the best running back we had here. But the problem was I would never play him in the game because I didn't know if he would protect. And because he would never show me in practice that he had the ability to protect. And if you can't protect the quarterback, I can't put you in the game. I don't care how great, how many big runs you have in practice. That's great. What's going to get us beat and what's going to get me fired is you not protecting that quarterback when we need you to. So in saying that, the same thing even with Mason. I, you know, at a certain point, we they've seen these guys. It's, it's the reason why they didn't name a quarterback, fellas. I mean, it's they, they were struggling with the same thing that we're struggling with right now. That what's the best of the options that we have? And right now, those options aren't aren't good for us right now. We're just we're in a place where we got to move forward at some point and find the answer. But you can't keep putting guys in because what you think they're going to be. You got to put guys in for what they are. Chandler and I went to the scrimmage, the first uh, fall camp scrimmage, and from what we saw, we did a video shortly after that, put it out on Pirate Radio, and said we saw four pick sixes. We saw four different quarterbacks throw a pick six, and it was not pretty. And 
we know that there were people that were not happy with us saying that and said we didn't see the whole scrimmage and all that and the second scrimmage was closed to everybody it was closed to jason nichols it was closed to family friends media i'm not saying we are responsible for that but we saw it in early august and we're hoping our eyes were deceiving us and maybe we missed some really good plays but this what we're seeing on the field has been going on since august and i got to imagine has gone on since way before that from the quarterback so so then so then you look at that and um go ahead what you got real quick go ahead one thing y'all keep cutting off a hall of famer marcus crandall and it's gonna piss me off but go ahead i don't i don't get paid millions of dollars a year to coach a football team but i have been watching football for a lot of years and i've been in that stadium for a lot of years and if it's me right now what i do i put jeter in and i let him finish our season and plan for our future because what we have between flynn and garcia is junk just go ahead and put Jeter in, and let's finish with Jeter. That's what I would do. All right. I got a I mean, feeling you may see that. I, I was going to ask you, Jason, like um, at what point do, as a coach, you find you, you have to look at the film and, and look at and see what the players' deficiencies are and coach them up to be better? Yeah. Play what, to their what, strength. What kind of, yeah. You know, play to their strength and coach them up. Yeah. I mean, it, you, you have to, man. I mean, you know, it's like anything. You 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 know you want to make sure that your strength becomes your weakness becomes a strength because when you don't have that complete package, people are going to pick on your what on your weakness. You know. So, um, but you're right. I mean, it's it's at a certain point um, with what he just said. I think you got to probably find out well what is Jeter then. You know, because sitting him on the sideline and I don't know where he's at and knowing the offense and all that good stuff. Can it be any worse right now? I mean, it may. Yeah, it might not be worse, but I mean, you have two guys that have sat for four, four and five years right here in this same system. Yeah, and we're looking at the product right now, firsthand. <laughs> yeah. So well, what, what is, what's going to happen when we throw Jeter in as a freshman, and then say three or four years from now again? Well, that that's the problem. Because you are looking at guys that sat in this program for three or four years that never played. Putting Jeter into a game sharp speeds up his progress, right? I mean, you know as well as I do, you don't get better just practicing all the time, do you? No. At some point, you got to go in there and take a live bullet. So when when Coach Logan tell you to hit that that fifth step and I need to get rid of the football, the first time you don't do that and you have uh, what's them boys from from Illinois that we were talking about earlier, <laughs> Simeon Rice, Simeon Rice, and Kevin all them Hardy. Old, yeah. Kevin Hardy, <laughs> all those guys. When you hit that fifth step and you hold on to it oh, and pump good. it, oh yeah, you're gone. You, you're gone. Yeah. And then you're like, damn, that's why yeah. Coach told me I had to hit that fifth step that's and get right. rid of that football because you can pat it in practice all day long because you know you're not gonna get what. You're not going to get hit. You're not going to get hit. That blitz doesn't count in practice. Oh, boy. Uh, Jay on Facebook says you can't keep the tight end to block because he's the only one that can catch a touchdown. <laughs> the other Jay? Uh, this is a whole new Jay, I think. Oh, no. I don't know what Jay this is. A whole new Jay. All right. Um, the other other. Somebody's head's about... Oh, Andy. His head's going to explode. He said, I'll ask here for the 103rd time, why is there no misdirection, RPOs, or trick plays? It's time to go deep in the playbook. 
Well, tell him he's he's barking up the wrong tree. We don't call the plays. <laughs> that's that's not our responsibility. Hey, we've been calling for something yeah. different. Brian Bailey you, wanted a flea flicker, <laughs> flicker the first play, <laughs> play of the game and didn't get it. So so he 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 he's calling. Tell him to send that email or whatever yeah. it is to somebody else. Uh, we also have a Charlotte fan in the house. He said, as a Charlotte grad, this is a satisfying win. Be- <laughs> oh, not man. because we hate ECU, but Mike Houston shunned us for what he saw as a better opportunity. He did uh, flirt with Charlotte uh, before making the move to ECU. So, to the victors goes the Spoles. I'm not a uh, Bryce Harper fan, but he's throat slashing on the Braves. And you know what? You just got to sit and take it. And I just got to sit here and take it in my Biff costume. Yeah, sounds, I, sounds like they came in with a chip on their shoulder. Maybe so. Mm, something about a chip. Huh? <laughs> There's that old chip about again. A chip. All right. Uh, Kenny Pike. Are you really giving Malone another shot? Boy, Shirley must be in a good mood tonight. That's shocking. You're going to give Malone another chance? The only reason I'm giving him a chance was is that uh, someone from the background, Malone, did not know he was on, and it was someone in the background yelling at him. Okay, Malone, you're on 10 But ice. he Shut is up. on a very, very short leash. Shirley okay. does not give second opportunities a lot, so Malone, you better come correct here. Uh, let's take a break. We'll come back. More to go. U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. Back with you after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. Now with the Pirate Radio scoreboard, here's Shirley Rhodes. All right, let's uh, take a look at some of the uh, finals. Uh, Iowa loses to Minnesota by a final of 12 to 10. Oklahoma State beats West Virginia 48-34. South Florida uh, beats UConn 24-21. Alabama rallies to beat Tennessee 34-20. Oregon uh, wins it over Washington State 38-24. Wisconsin beats Illinois 25-21. Houston still trailing Texas 31-24 is that score with just under two minutes to go in that game. UTSA is leading uh, Florida Atlantic 17-10 in the second quarter. Virginia and North Carolina are tied at seven apiece in the first quarter. And that is a look at your Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard brought to you by The Buck. The Buck has all the fun for your Sunday fun day covered. Every Sunday, kick off the day at The Buck. The Buck has the largest 4K screen in Greenville along with 18 TVs so you don't miss a game. They'll have uh, mimosa specials, a Bloody Mary menu, and pizza all day from Pizza Hut. And don't forget the weekly jersey giveaway too. That starts at 5 o'clock. Score every Sunday at The Buck. Now let's head back in to the uh, U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Got an update for you, Shirley. Is North Carolina really going to enter the top 10 and lose to 1-5 Virginia? Still early, but touchdown Cavaliers, it is 14-7 oh, wow. as they kick the extra point. And also, we are watching huge play here. Fourth and inches Fourth for and Houston inches. at the 10-yard line as they are going in trying to tie it up. Uh, Let's play. Hey, coaches, here to my left. If you score, do you go for two? Go for two. Mm. Uh, All right, Jason's saying go for two. First, they got to score. Down seven to Texas. Let's see what they do here on fourth down. 
fourth and inches. They go out of the shotgun. They throw for it, and it's incomplete. Incomplete. Dana Holgerson screams the F word. Uh, fourth and inches, shotgun pass. Football has changed. Oh, <laughs> Football has changed Ooh. a lot. All right, 317-1250. Guess what? The... Halloween Express live line is still full. Shirley going double duty over there. You caught up? You good, Shirley? All right. AT, Alan Thomas, hang on. We'll get to you. Kenny, we got some regulars here. Malone gets a second chance. But first, we go to Pike in Kinston. Hello, Pike. Hey, man, I'm not in Kinston anymore. I'm almost to Beulahville. But um, uh, only positive thing I can say about the day is I had some good barbecue, and it was good weather outside. But... Uh, and man, it's it's bad to have to drive all the way back to North Myrtle Beach and think about how we lost to Charlotte. Um, wondering, man, if there's anything in the AD's contract that penalizes him for giving up more money to give somebody an extension that that's sucking and we can't fire. Um, and the other thing I thought about at one point during the game is if I'd have been Biff, I think at one point I would have just gone for two because we were down whatever the score was to nothing. They were down there, and I thought, you know, why not just go for two? Put it on us. All right, your thoughts. Glad you had uh, good barbecue and good weather. I don't think there's anything in the AD's contract that's going to, uh, what do you say? Uh, what does he have to give money back for giving somebody a raise? No. I don't think that's uh, is going to be in the contract. But appreciate the call. And uh, and we lost to Biff. And they were not a good football team. And they tried to give us the game. And we would not take it. And it is frustrating. Uh, 317-1250. Let's go to Malone in Jacksonville. Hello, Malone. <laughs> All right, Malone. Really? I had a feeling something like that was going to happen. Uh, Kenny in Blunt's Creek. What's up, Kenny? Cliff, uh, Marcus, Jason. Well, we're, we're just wasting a season of a defensive team this year. It's uh, sad to see. Uh, we kind of were joking at halftime that we ought to just come out every time we get the ball on offense, take take a knee three times, punt it, and hope that Charlotte makes a mistake or our defense makes a play and win the game. But, hell, they did it, and we still couldn't win. So, uh, it's uh, I'm, it's beyond. It will, sad to say, but up in the stands, we're actually laughing when we come on offense about what, what we're going to do. If we're going to run up the middle, we're going to throw a two-yard pass. Or if it's third and one, third and two, we'll throw a 35-yard pass uh, covered that the guy's got to make a spectacular catch if he can do it. And we ain't caught no balls this year. So it's just frustrating to watch this mess this year. And uh, Marcus, I'm going to ask you this: when, when and how much more can we take uh, before the coach has to make a, a, a change at offensive coordinator? And I understand that the uh, quarterbacks are not playing their abilities, and the offensive line's not good. But you have to come up with an offense. I think that utilizes what talent these kids had to be at this level playing. And uh, so when do we do that? When do we make an offensive scheme to, to, to use these guys, or do we just go ahead and get rid of this offensive coordinator and move on to somebody else? And I, I won't interrupt you, Marcus. <laughs> Thank you, kidding. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, when do you make a change at uh, coordinator, Marcus? 
I mean, um, something has to change this week, I believe, whether it's uh, relinquishing the duties, uh, giving somebody else an opportunity within the organization, and um, or because we don't know, giving him the free reign to call his own plays and, and go from there, kind of open up the offense. So whatever it is, uh, it definitely needs to happen this week in regards to, uh, for me personally, um, like when I look at the game, and I mentioned it to, this, to you guys, it looked like, uh, you know, we're calling plays for Flynn that should be for Mason Garcia. Calling plays for Mason Garcia that should be for Flynn. And uh, th- those are the things that are, that are perplexing to me in regards to when I'm looking at the offense and trying to build or, or build an offense uh, around someone's strengths. Um, I, I think it, we got it backwards hmm. in a sense. Yeah. And look, I, I thought Donnie was going to survive uh, the season, and he still may. But again, these these stats: East Carolina had ten first downs today, two for fourteen on third down, eighty-eight passing yards in a game in two thousand twenty-three. You have eighty-eight passing yards, thirty-nine rushing yards. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I have to laugh, or I'll cry. Uh, let's go to AT. Alan Thomas is on with us on the U.S. Sailor Fifth Quarter Collins Show. What's up, AT? Hello, gentlemen. Are you having a great time tonight? Uh-huh. You, you know all about this, Alan. You've been here. <laughs> <laughs> you know what kind of time we're having tonight. Oh, Splendid. I've had some 3 a.m. UTEP post-game here <laughs> in the studio uh, back in the CUSA days. and uh, Honestly, I, I have sat in that studio I mean, you know this clip. I worked for Jefferson Pilot Sports back in the day and got to see a lot of football for about six or seven years there. It was wonderful to move back here to Greenville. Uh, love my Eastern North Carolina, and it was an honor to sit in that booth through some very late nights with John Thompson, Skip Holtz, uh, Ruffin McNeil, uh, Coach Montgomery. Um, I have never seen an offense uh, – this incapable than the one we are currently living through with East Carolina. And I will say this, this offense did not just happen September 1. This was built over a period of time um, with lack of of responsiveness and proactiveness in realizing our struggles up front in our blocking schemes and going out in the portal like teams in 2023 do not like the 1990s which we seem to be approaching in terms of how we approach football understanding that it's 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 a new man's game and if you're not out there getting talent and getting the resources needed to be able to build the talent but also most importantly to develop the talent um people forget shane montgomery uh excuse me not shane montgomery but shane carden uh i say shane montgomery because now he's helping our staff but Shane Carden, uh, so many of our players, our receivers, Trevon Brown, think about all the names of the past 10 years. Some of our quarterbacks, Marcus, you're a great example as well. You know, these weren't guys that came with five stars next to their names. Neither were many of our linemen that ended up playing in the CFL and the NFL. These were players that were developed. The real red flag for me right now is I don't see us developing, especially on offense. We're doing some great things on defense, but we're really, really struggling in the development side of the ball. And uh, I just think that's a huge problem. And I heard someone say a while ago that, unfortunately, you know, we can't afford 
to make a coaching change. Well, gentlemen, sometimes you can't afford not to make a coaching change. When you look in the stands the next two home games and it's empty and you don't see hope. We've got a young man, Jeter, there at quarterback that should be put in the starting lineup as soon as we uh, know there's only a couple of games left that we will not burn his red shirt. That gentleman should get every practice and every opportunity to learn to be our starters. And These other two folks need to be the backup. Um, we've got to learn, earn the trust of the Pirate Nation again with this program. And I'm tired of the rinse and repeat press conferences about, hey, we need to change our cleats or somebody had a great Thursday practice. I love Biff Pogge's press conferences. I love – I went to the Navy game last week in Charlotte. My daughter, is a, as you guys know, is a freshman there. And I sat through that zero-to-zero halftime score. Navy had 53 yards in offense in the first half and three first downs. That's what we sat through. The team that I saw today looked very di- – they ran an entirely different offense today than they ran last week. And what I told some friends this week, guys, is uh, – Biff Pogge and his staff, hats off to them. He was getting a hot dog last night at 6.30 at, at, uh, at Sub Dogs. But hats off to them because they know this. Nobody's going to remember five years from now whether they beat or lost to Navy. But they are going to remember what they did in their first matchup in East Carolina in an otherwise difficult season. This guy has his hat on right, even though they have a 2-5 and five season. They have people exciting. What is there to believe in in ECU football right now, gentlemen? That would be my question. And if we don't have an answer for that, we need somebody who has that answer in the ADC, uh, in the coaching seat. And we either need to have that. And, again, I've sat through John Thompson and a lot of other guys. We can't wait till we bottom out again in the current climate of college football. We can't wait to build up for another five-year plan for seven and five. Things are still changing in this game. This is not just about a guy with a whistle and sneakers anymore. This is about investment. This is about understanding a 10-year arc in your program. And if you don't have that plan or know someone who does within your athletic department or your university, then you're the guy, you're the target. You're the guy they're going to come and pluck your best players from and they're going to build their program off of your weakness. So, guys, football, just like we say in baseball, it means more here. We have to decide whether we're going to stand by and, and let this continue along this path or whether we're going to uh, request more. John Gilbert sent a letter out four weeks ago. I hope he sends out a chapter and a book this week. We either need a new offensive coordinator or a new coach uh, hired or in the process of doing that because you've got to have something to believe in in ECU athletics. Football drives this ship. I'm so excited about men and women's basketball, volleyball, all the things we're doing. But at the end of the day, it's about revenue and about football revenue. And just like Oklahoma and Texas and all the schools in the Dust Bowl, you know, in the 1950s and 60s and 70s, understood that. When ECU football is doing good, the economy of Greenville is doing good, the economy of East Carolina and this region is doing well. So you, sometimes you can't afford not to make a change. No one should be too comfortable in their salary, whether it's Cliff, Cliff's uh, $8 million salary he has with Part Radio, five-year salary, or whatever the football coach is being paid or what I get paid. You never should be so comfortable that you feel like that you can make decisions that aren't that do not have a sense of purpose and and a sense that you're going to be held accountable within a year. So, gentlemen, we're one in six, and if we're one in eleven, we know what that means. That's something that's not acceptable for East Carolina. It's not acceptable 
where we want to be as a university. We are better than that. There has to be accountability. And uh, that's all the preaching I got in me, guys. I've been holding this up. I've held off all year, haven't called in. But I think now uh, there needs to be a new coach and maybe somebody else in the athletic department that we need to make some sincere changes. Don't tell me you can't get the money. I know a lot of people are on the sidelines right now. I know five guys that wanted to put $30 million into building a practice facility here, but we're told, hey, just put your money into our group. We'll figure that out. We don't need you guys to figure that out. There are some, a lot of folks that would like to get together and align to get ECU's program moving forward, but it takes good leadership, sound leadership that we can trust in the athletic department and in football to get that done. So I'll, I'll go off with that and let you guys roll. Thank you. All right, Alan Thomas. A uh, lot of stuff there. Good call, AT. Alan, that was the best call I think I've heard all year. So I appreciate that because for a lot of reasons. My biggest frustration, and I think we've talked about this off air, is I don't want to see East Carolina get left behind. Okay, And the reason why I say that is because we played here in an era where we got left behind once before. And we were here... Uh, right before, you know, Virginia Tech got into the Big East. And, you know, there were other things that was holding us back at the time that kept us out of the Big East. And look at the differences made in those programs. Because when you get into those type of situations, it helps you financially. Um, Because the TV contracts in these days and whatnot. But we missed that opportunity, man, and we've been we've been trying to fight and struggle and do the things we have to do to catch up uh, to teams like that who we used to beat. And, you know, you look at Louisville, you look at Cincinnati. I mean, I'm looking at a lot of schools here that we used to beat here. I mean, we used to go to Cincinnati, and this is the, this is the, the, the eyes that I looked through. We were like, well, how bad are we going to beat them? And then all of a sudden, these guys have come and taken over the AAC and now they're gone to the Big 12. And we're still sitting here. That's my frustration when I sit here and I see us lose is because I don't want to see us fall behind anymore. And we need people with that same care. And that's why that was the best call I heard because it was thoughtful. Good stuff, AT. Good stuff from Jason Nichols, Marcus Crandall here in the Pirate Radio Studios. We are going to get another break in. We'll come back and we got four more calls lined up. Emmanuel, Thomas, Charlie, and Mike will get to you on the Halloween Express Live Line. Greenville's premier Halloween Superstore, Halloween Express, right next to Target. Get shopping 10 days left to go until Halloween and four minutes until we're back with more of your calls and more with Jay Nick and Marcus. Back with you after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter post game call in show. Here's Clip Brock. Talking about Texas and uh, Houston here. Apparently, uh, the Austin screw job as uh, th- before that fourth and inches play we talked about. It appeared Houston had got a first down, but got a terrible spot. They end up losing, and Houston fans will be complaining about that to the end of time because. Texas is off to the SEC. That was their one crack yeah, at that was, yeah, They might sure. not ever see them again. That's no. it. So there you go. All right, awaiting the start to Duke and Florida State. Uh, a moment ago, Ole Miss scored a touchdown. They lead Auburn 7-0. It is 14-14 between Virginia and North Carolina. Michigan, by the way, 
uh, taking on Michigan State. That one has kicked off on NBC. They are scoreless, just getting underway on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by DeBuck. DeBuck. Appreciate all the viewers, listeners tonight. Uh, we still have 200 more viewers than we have likes on YouTube. We got 85 likes. Let's get it up to 100, people. Hit the thumb if you haven't already and get us to 100, and we'd appreciate that. You see Marcus's big thumbs? Hit the thumb and uh, and give us a like. Emmanuel, Thomas, Charlie, going to get to you in just a moment. We go now to Mike in Greenville. What's up, Mike? Mike in Winterville. Sorry. What's up, Mike? Mike, you with us? Mike, if this is the mic I'm thinking of, I'm disappointed in you that you didn't hang on. Call back. 317-1250. Charlie is up in Pittsburgh. Oh, positive Charlie. Let's see how positive he is after this turd of a game. Hello, Charlie. Oh, Cliff. I uh, don't feel good. <laughs> Night. Uh, that was a rough one. That may have actually been the worst football game I've ever witnessed with my eyes. Um, I was really trying hard to think of a uh, of a suckier football game uh, that I've ever seen. I really uh, having trouble doing that. But I'm on, but you actually called it cuz I'm going to try to pivot and be positive here for a second. I'm going to focus on the tailgate. Uh, we had an excellent spread of uh, jambalaya, uh, cheese biscuits, chips, dip, crackers with all sorts of cheeses and jellies, uh, uh, pe- uh, pecan brownies, all kinds of cookies. Um, uh, plenty of pirate beverages, uh, good weather, good friends, uh, grade A tailgate. So, uh, in the words of Scotty Montgomery, give a shout out to Chris and Cindy Smith. Y'all are the real deal. Um, so, anyway, that was great. And, uh, yeah, I'm not even going to really talk anymore about the football because I am, uh, I feel hollow inside. So, anyway, appreciate you taking my call. Uh, have a good night. Go Pirates. All right. You're at least full inside. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Jambalaya. <laughs> Second caller that called in and all they had positive to talk about was the, the tailgating and the food. But, hey, that's hey, that's part of the Pirate football season. Tailgating with the friends, getting with the crew. And when it ain't going good on the field, at least you got that to fall back on. And it is not going good right now for these one and six East Carolina Pirates. Uh, we go next to Thomas in Farmville on the halloween express live line hello thomas tomas y'all ain't got no patience man people no these days no mas. no mas for tomas kids these days and their cell phones and ipods and their ipads and emmanuel you're up in chocolate hello emmanuel how about that volleyball team hey buddy getting it done i really enjoyed what uh mike schwartz and uh kim McNeil said this week I see what you're doing here, and I like it, Emmanuel. We got we got good stuff happening around football. We do, and uh, you know, I guess we're the worst FBS football team in North Carolina, and that's sad. I don't know how you miss that much on the quarterback, you know, um, position. I don't blame it on the kids. I blame it on the coaching staff, and I I took up for the coaching staff, you know, all year, but I can't do it anymore. Uh, thank you for taking my call, and you guys have a good night. All right. Thank you, Emmanuel in Chocowinity. 317-1250. You want to go to Scotty? Shirley's got uh, three things going on right here, so we'll give her a break. Yeah, you want to go to Scotty? Line one? Scotty, you are up. Hey, Cliff. We're uh, sitting around a campfire right here. We're gonna, we've been talking about it. Can we get a poll? Who's better? John Thompson or Mike Houston? Oh, boy. Oh, no. 
Uh, I'm going to say Mike Houston. John Thompson won three games in two years. Houston's won more than that. So reluctantly right now, I'm going to go uh, Mike Houston. Anybody else want to chime in? What's that? I'm, I'm a with Even with the better competition of opponents? Do you want me to say? What do you want me to say? You want me to say John Thompson? I'll say John Thompson. I don't care. I'm ready to go home. <laughs> Fair enough. Let's bring back the banana slug uniforms, gentlemen. <laughs> you want full John Thompson. You want the uh, the yellow jerseys to come back? You're sick. You're sick, Scotty. <laughs> oh man, we had a rough game. We had a rough game, so it's a little bit of a little bit of a struggle inside. But thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right, man. Y'all have fun out there at the uh, the bonfire, the uh, the fire pit, whatever you said. I don't know. Mike is back up in Winterville on line number Uno. It says Shirley. Is that right? Scotty was just on Uno. Oh, crap. <laughs> Shirley said, when Shirley sure. says, oh, crap, you know things are uh it must be time tough. to go. <laughs> uh, Joey had to go to his other his other job. So Shirley is doing double duty here in the Pirate Radio Studios and trying to figure out who's on what line here. Uh, they're about to kick it off in Tallahassee. Have they done the cool Whoa. intro yet where yeah. they ride in on the horse? Yep. He just oh, did Oh, man. That is a Spe- cool deal. Spirit I've been there live and in person, boy. Playing against it? Oh, yeah. Mm. How'd it go for you? Oh, it didn't go good. <laughs> <laughs> Mike is up in Winterville. Hello, Mike. Hey. Hey, buddy. How's it going? Good. What you got? So, I was watching a football game at, uh, at my grandma's house, and uh, I just wanted to point a couple things about offense and defense about the defense. If you if you watch the game really closely, Jalen Johnson, the QB number four um, on offense, uh, he the, he kept uh one the first play he kept running the ball, and then the on second down if he didn't get first down, he he threw the ball and I wish the defense would have saw that instead of rushing him all the time because he, he all the wide receivers on offense they was wide open. And then on uh, offense for East Carolina, they kept the offense coordinator. They should just fire him to the end of – I don't know. They should just fire him and get a new person. And the thing is, like, they, the running backs, they, they kept going up the middle besides uh, Javis Bond. Javis Bond should have been the only one. Oh, uh, he, he should have been – if he did play, he should have been the only one <laughs> up to the middle. Uh, and then – uh, not Davis Bond, but uh, Marlon Gunn. Marlon Gunn. Yeah. Marlon Gunn. There you go. We got you, man. <laughs> yeah, he should have been the only one who ran up to the middle, not uh, YJ Harris. YJ, since he's the fast one, he should be. He should run up to the side because he had all these great blocks. And then I don't know why they fit Mason Garcia in. He should fit uh, Alex, Alex Flynn to the, uh, the whole game. So that's all. That's all. Hey, Mike. You, you got the answers, man. Uh, maybe the coaches you will listen to you. You got a future. Thank you, buddy. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Have a good night. All right, there is Mike. Uh, if he sees it, why can't the coaches see it, guys? <laughs> <laughs> and if Javius Bond played, he should have done what Mike said. Eagle Eye. Eagle Eye Mike. All right, Cameron... Al and Matt, hang on. We'll get to your calls when we return. U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. 317-1250 on the Halloween Express live line. Knowles and Devils going at it. Uh, we'll update you on that and other scores when we return after these words. 
You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. Texas and about Texas and uh, Houston here. Apparently, uh, the Austin screw job as uh, th- before that fourth and inches play we talked about. It appeared Houston had got a first down, but got a terrible spot. They end up losing, and Houston fans will be complaining about that to the end of time because. Texas is off to the SEC. That was their one crack yeah, at was, yeah, They might sure. not ever see them again. No. So there you go. All right, awaiting the start to Duke and Florida State. A uh, moment ago, Ole Miss scored a touchdown. They lead Auburn 7-0. It is 14-14 between Virginia and North Carolina. Michigan, by the way, uh, taking on Michigan State. That one has kicked off on NBC. They are scoreless just getting underway on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Da Buck. Da Buck. Appreciate all the viewers, listeners tonight. Uh, we still have 200 more viewers than we have likes on YouTube. We got 85 likes. Let's get it up to 100, people. Hit the thumb if you haven't already and get us to 100, and we'd appreciate that. You see Marcus's big thumbs? Hit the thumb and uh, and give us a like. Emmanuel Thomas, Charlie, going to get to you in just a moment. We go now to Mike in Greenville. What's up, Mike? Mike in Winterville. Sorry. What's up, Mike? Mike, you with us? Mike, if this is the mic I'm thinking of, I'm disappointed in you that you didn't hang on. Call back. 317-1250. Charlie is up in Pittsburgh. Oh, positive Charlie. Let's see how positive he is after this turd of a game. Hello, Charlie. Oh, Cliff. Uh, I don't feel good <laughs> tonight. Uh, that was a rough one. That may have actually been the worst football game I've ever witnessed with my eyes. Um, I was really trying hard to think of a uh, of a suckier football game uh, that I've ever seen. I really uh, having trouble doing that. But I'm on, but you actually called it because I'm going to try to pivot and be positive here for a second. I'm going to focus on the tailgate. Uh, we had an excellent spread of uh, jambalaya, uh, cheese biscuits, chips, dip, crackers with all sorts of cheeses and jellies, uh, uh, pe- uh, pecan brownies, all kinds of cookies, um, uh, plenty of pirate beverages, uh, good weather, good friends. Grade A tailgate. So, uh, in the words of Scotty Montgomery, give a shout out to Chris and Cindy Smith. Y'all are the real deal. Um, so, anyway, that was great. And uh, yeah, I'm not even going to really talk anymore about the football because I am. Uh, I feel hollow inside. So, anyway, <laughs> appreciate you taking my call. Uh, have a good night. Go Pirates. All right, you're at least full inside. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Jambalaya. <laughs> Second caller that called in and all they had positive to talk about was the the tailgating and the food. But hey, that's hey, that's part of the pirate football season. Tailgating with the friends, getting with the crew, and when it ain't going good on the field, at least you got that to fall back on. And it is not going good right now for these one and six East Carolina Pirates. Uh, we go next to Thomas in Farmville on the Halloween Express live line. Hello, Thomas. Tomas. Y'all ain't got no patience, man. People no these days. No mas. No mas for Tomas. Kids these days and their cell phones and iPods and their iPads and Emmanuel, you're up in Chocowinity. Hello, Emmanuel. How about that volleyball team? Hey, buddy. Getting it done. I really enjoyed what uh, Mike Schwartz and uh, Kim McNeil said this week. Mm. I see what you're doing here, and I like it, Emmanuel. We got we got good stuff happening around football. We do, and uh, you know, I guess we're the worst FBS football team in North Carolina, and that's sad. I don't know how you miss that much on the quarterback, you know, um, position. I don't blame it on the kids. I blame it on the coaching staff, and I 
I took up for the coaching staff, you know, all year, but I can't do it anymore. Uh, thank you for taking my call, and you guys have a good night. All right. Thank you, Emmanuel in Chocowinity. 317-1250. You want to go to Scotty? Shirley's got uh, three things going on right here, so we'll give her a break. Yeah, you want to go to Scotty? Line one? Scotty, you are up. Hey, Cliff, we're uh, sitting around a campfire right here. We're gonna, we've been talking about it. Can we get a poll? Who's better, John Thompson or Mike Houston? Oh boy, oh no. Uh, I'm gonna say Mike Houston. John Thompson won three games in two years. Houston's won more than that. So reluctantly, right now, I'm gonna go uh, Mike Houston. Anybody else want to chime in? Clip. What's that? I'm, I'm a with Even with the better competition of opponents. Do you want me to say? What do you want me to say? You want me to say John Thompson? I'll say John Thompson. I don't care. I'm ready to go home. <laughs> Fair enough. Let's bring back the banana slug uniforms, gentlemen. <laughs> you want full John Thompson. You want the uh, the yellow jerseys to come back? You're sick. You're sick, Scotty. <laughs> oh man. We had a rough game. We had a rough game. So it's a little bit of a little bit of a struggle inside but thanks guys appreciate it all right man y'all have fun out there at the uh the bonfire the uh the fire pit whatever you said i don't know mike is back up in winterville on line number uno it says shirley is that right scotty was just on uno <laughs> shirley said when shirley sure. says oh crap you know things are uh it must be time tough. to go <laughs> uh joey had to go to his other his other job so shirley is doing double duty here in the pirate radio studios and trying to figure out who's on what line here uh they're about to kick it off in tallahassee have they done the cool intro yet where they ride in on the horse he just oh man that is a cool deal i've been there live and in person boy playing against it oh yeah Mm. how'd it go for you oh it didn't go good (laughs) (laughs) mike is up in winterville hello mike hey hey buddy how's it going Good. What you got? So I was watching a football game at, uh, at my grandma's house, and uh, I just wanted to point a couple things about offense and defense. About the defense, if you if you watch the game really closely, Jalen Johnson, the QB number four uh, on offense, uh, he they, he kept uh one the first play he kept running the ball, and then the on second down if he didn't get first down. He, he threw the ball, and I wish the defense would have saw that instead of rushing him all the time. Cause he, he, all the wide receivers on offense, they was wide open. And then on uh, offense for East Carolina, they kept the offense coordinator, they should just fire him to the end of – I don't know. They should just fire him and get a new person. And the thing is, like, they, the running backs, they, they kept going up the middle – Besides uh, Davis Bond, Davis Bond should have been the only one. Oh, uh, he he should have been. If he did play, he should have been the only one <laughs> up to the middle. Uh, and then uh, not Davis Bond, but uh, Marlon Gunn. Marlon Gunn. Yeah. Marlon Gunn. There you go. We got you, man. <laughs> yeah, he should have been the only one who ran up to the middle. Not uh, YJ Harris. Why? Since he's a fast one, he should be. He should have went up to the side because he had all these great blocks. And then I don't know why they fit Mason Garcia in. He should fit uh Alex Alex Flynn to the uh the whole game. So that's all. 
that's a, hey mike you, you got the answers man uh, maybe the coaches you will listen to you you got a future thank you buddy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. have a good night all right there is mike uh, if he sees it why can't the coaches <laughs> see it guys <laughs> And if Javius Bond played, he should have done what Mike said. Eagle Eye. Eagle Eye Mike. All right. Cameron, Al, and Matt, hang on. We'll get to your calls when we return. U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. 317-1250 on the Halloween Express live line. Knowles and Devils going at it. Uh, We'll update you on that and other scores when we return after these words. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. Now with the Pirate Radio scoreboard, here's Shirley Rose. All right, let's take one last look at your uh, Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard at the half. It is UTSA 20, Florida Atlantic 10. Uh, Virginia and North Carolina are tied in the second quarter at 14 apiece. Appalachian State is tied with Old Dominion at seven apiece in the second quarter. It is Ole Miss 14, Auburn 7 in the start of the second quarter. Kansas State has a 21-3 lead over TCU in the second quarter. BYU leading Texas Tech 14-0 in the second quarter. Duke and Florida State have finally gotten underway. No score as of yet. LSU leads Army 7-0 in the first quarter. Michigan has a 7-0 lead over Michigan State. That is a look at your Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard brought to you by The Bucket. They have all the fun. For your Sunday fun day covered, every Sunday, kick off the day at the Buck. The Buck has the largest 4K screen in Greenville, along with 18 TVs, so you don't miss a game. They'll have mimosa specials, a Bloody Mary menu, and pizza all day from Pizza Hut. And don't forget the weekly jersey giveaway starting at 5 o'clock. Score every Sunday at the Buck. Now let's head back in to the U.S. Cellular 5th quarter. Here's Clip. All right, Charlie. Good job today, especially going double duty right now. Triple duty, actually. Audio, video, and answering phones. Uh, the Brown and Wood Drive of the Game is brought to you by Brown and Wood, serving the Pirate Nation in Eastern North Carolina since 1937. Brown and Wood, your number one dealership in Greenville. Brown and Wood on Greenville Boulevard and online, brownandwoodauto.com. <sighs> I guess we'll go uh, two plays, 10 yards. Two plays, 10 yards. <laughs> Flynn to Calhoun. Oh, Calhoun. Can do. We had that previous caller hearts. that asked us about how many touchdowns have we scored and then talked about the short fields we've scored on and, and legitimately we've had about six touchdown drives that were real something like that th- this entire season maybe less than that yeah. it is uh sad times uh for this pitiful offense well what are you saying there was four legit ones there was four legit and how six, many six t- total six was that it it's even worse than i remembered are we really giving malone a third chance he like i told him well first of all he says he got disconnected and that's why he didn't answer i I am i don't like it at all i don't like this he is he has been i'm i'm holding a very 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 short leash so malone if you hang up a third time don't bother calling back (laughs) ever ever i can't believe my patience surely this is like is hair thin right now i am shocked that you are allowing this right now i'm i'm on the verge of dog cussing somebody so all right better be careful well we're staying on the air until that happens malone (laughs) cameron al hang on let's go to matt and charlotte hey matt 
Hey, how are you? All right, what's up? Good. Hey, I just wanted to switch gears, talk hoops for a second. I think that ECU basketball is going to be pretty good this year. Mike Schwartz is the man, picked fifth in the league. Pretty sure that's the highest we've been picked in the American. And I think he did a great job retaining Ozar and some of the other good players that some other schools were courting. So I think uh, basketball season, I hope that fans show out. I was telling anybody at our tailgate who would listen that they should go to Minshew. Well, good for you, Matt. And I, I'm trying not to get too excited about it, overhype it, whatever. But I love the returners, Brandon Johnson, RJ. You mentioned Ezra. I, I'm very excited about Pirate Hoops this year. So I, I'm with you, man. Yeah, I'm very excited. And then on the on the football front, I want to ask you guys, what do you think is like the realistic percentage and when that they would change something? Change a play caller or maybe change the snap numbers like After today, I'd make a change. I'd make a change right now. After t- you could barely get over 100 yards, your only touchdown was given to you by Charlotte on a muff punt. I would I would make the change tonight and and go a different route see if you can do something the last uh five games or whatever uh, what do y'all say yeah I, I definitely think so you got to give our fans something to you know to cheer about yeah you know um from an overall standpoint of football football uh offense defense and special teams um we we they need something man they they showed up again today and uh, it's good to see, but uh, I think um, they deserve better, <laughs> to be honest with you, man. As far as how likely it is, Matt, it's a lot more likely this week than it was last week. I mean, this was pitiful. This was really bad today. Homecoming. Yeah. You know. I fully agree. Charlotte didn't even play football 10 years ago. Like that's They barely played football today. That's a great And Alan Thomas mentioned something else. He said they just put in that offense this week. A new offense. They this, ran a totally different week. offense than what they were. Uh, anyway, so, I don't know. Uh, so it can be done, is what you're saying. If things aren't going great, it can be done. Hey, Matt, thanks. <laughs> All right, buddy. There's Matt in Charlotte, 317-1250. Let's go to Al in Greenville. Hello, Al. Hey, Cliff. How you doing? Philly Al. Doing all right, man. Hope you are. Yeah, I... Uh... I haven't called because, you know, I, I I have a lot of my children come down to see me. And uh, the first thing I do is I usually drive around Greenville and show them the beautiful stadium, the facilities. And I I don't understand it. I, I mean, you know, I've been following Pirates for I've been down here 25 years now and can't believe it. I, I have no idea what you can do. I have no idea. I don't even if you change coaches in the middle of the year. I, I there, if there's no players, uh, and it's it affects the psyche of the city. I, in fact, I just came back. Uh, my uh, son-in-law has a uh, corporate seat for the Phillies game, so I went out and saw the Phillies play, and everybody's alive, and it's you know everybody. But I came back home and. It's uh, it affects the whole city, and it's a damn shame because we have a a great facility and got great people and tailgating. And I'm always bragging how great it is down here and how great college football is. What do you think realistically is going to happen? Do you think they're going to? Ch- I don't see any. I don't see any good in changing the coaches. Again, uh, earlier in the season, I, I 
thought Donnie survives the season. I thought Mike Houston certainly survives until next year, but we are getting worse, or it's not getting any better. If you do end one, end up one and eleven, you've got to look at that. I mean, you're going to say we lost a lot last year. Every team loses good players every year. One and eleven is just not. You know, you can't excuse that. I don't think so. Still, more games to play. I don't know, Al, but man, let me ask you something. What What did the Garcia do sitting behind Ellis? What did he do? I thought I thought he was ready to come in. I thought he was the, he was the quarterback of the future. Every time people talked about him, he's he, you know he's the quarter. What, did they did he learn anything or did he try to learn anything? Great question. I don't know. He, he didn't he didn't play in the games. You know, I mean, like you know, just because you sit there, I mean, it's you got to play in games. You know, one of the, like I said, I, I said this way back earlier in the, in the year. I said one of the best things I've seen do uh, that I've been around to see that's been done in college football was we played our backup quarterback every third series in a game. One, it made him focus and practice in case you ever had to go in there and play him. But two, it gave him real quality game experience because you sit over there and hold a clipboard or signal in signals throughout the game for four years. You haven't gotten better as a football player. Yeah. Well, I, I'm looking around the pro football league and really proud of Zay Jones. I'm, I'm really, really, the one player you know, I've been following him and, and he went to ECU. So, well, maybe uh, Keaton Mitchell will get a little action for the Ravens tomorrow. And by the way, Philly Al, I'm taking the Eagles to beat the Dolphins tomorrow night. What do you think? Uh, I, I, I think you're lying to me. But. I'm serious. <laughs> uh, coming off a loss, I like I like the Eagles to bounce back. I didn't even know you were no, I didn't know you were Atlanta Brave fan, and I didn't want to say anything to you, but we kicked their butts too. So, I was, so why'd you just say that? Oh, come on! At. Why would you say I didn't want to say anything to you, and you just said that? <laughs> Because I know how much I hate the Eagles. They they could win the Super Bowl and you still see them. I said something them. nice about the Eagles, Al. Yep, and you had to bring up them old crazy Phillies, huh? <laughs> I said anything about the Eagles, and I'll never say anything about whoever boots were, what the Commodores were, the hell they're called. I thought, this is what this is exactly what's wrong with Philly fans. You say something nice to them, and they throw batteries through the phone at you. <laughs> Al, you got two Braves fans in here. I'm telling you, Al, <laughs> you're picking the wrong fight there, buddy. Well, we proved it again. Oh. Braves just another second-rate team out of the <laughs> <laughs> All right, Al. Good to hear from you, buddy. Oh, man. There is that. I, I do like that Philly fans are scumbags like that, and you say something nice to them, and they go right after you. At least they play their part. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> All right, Cameron is up in Austin, Texas. What's up, Cameron? What's up, guys? You know, What are you doing in Austin, Texas? I enjoyed the Formula One U.S. Grand Prix today with my buddy from Austin. And oh, wow. I'm I, a thousand miles away from this disaster of a program that we have here in East Carolina right now. So that was one positive I'll take away. But sadly... Watch the game. Um, man, any of y'all have free boot Friday uh, last night and see uh, Mike Houston's annual PR stunt for the fans, like I called him last week and said about, you know, that he shows up on free boot Friday and you never see him out on the town or anything. Uh, I'll stick to what I said last week. What has Mike Houston done for this fan base to interact with him, apart from being a football coach? Uh, how are you in year five after having your most successful season uh, in almost a decade? You go from eight and five in a bowl win to just a disaster of an offense, a disaster of a team in general. You can't go 1-11, which is what we're doing after an 8-5 and five season. You just can't do that. Not in year five. It's unacceptable. Donnie Kirkpatrick should have been fired four games ago. I mean, guys, we lost, we lost to Charlotte, who 
Charlotte AD went, must have gone out to Duplin County to a family reunion at a mobile home park to get their head coach the way he looked. And we lost this guy. I mean, give me a break, Clip. I mean, Clip, we should hire you as our head coach. I mean, you, you might, you look the part, anyway. But, uh, yeah, Donnie Kirkpatrick's got to go. This is a disaster. Year five, you can't let this happen. Uh, yeah, Donnie Kirkpatrick's got to go. And honestly, John Gilbert, uh, he's got to think about getting rid of Mike Houston, maybe bring in Dan Bowen, maybe bring in. Oregon's office coordinator, maybe bring in anybody, maybe bring in a, a random guy from a trailer park in Dublin County, because that seems to be in-state opponent, op- opponents. I don't know. It's a disaster. That's the worst football game I've ever seen in my life, East Carolina play. Um, it's embarrassing. Uh, I never thought we'd be back to worse than Scotty Montgomery, but we're worse than Scotty Montgomery. And uh, Marcus, uh, Cliff, y'all, y'all been around East Carolina for even you, Jason, uh, a long, long time, longer than I have. I'm 25 years old. It's football – is the Greenville community, and a 1-11 season is just a total disaster to happen after what happened. It basically means the last two years are meaningless if you go 1-11 this year. It's a disaster, uh, but as always, go Pirates, and I'm ready for some basketball season, and uh, can't wait to get back in the great state of North Carolina tomorrow. But anyways, thank you for all you do. Go Pirates. Get Donnie Kirkpatrick out of here. Get Mike Houston uh, out of here. The North Carolina school, the deaf and blind, runs a better offense than East Carolina. Peace out. All right. There's something was coming from uh, from Cameron. Okay, can I Austin, can Texas. I make a can I make a correction there? It's North Carolina school for the deaf. Period. Uh, no blind. No blind. Just it's deaf. a separate entity. Thank you. Just Shirley. putting that out there as a coda. Uh, I I don't like it when people lump them together. Okay, there you go. It's North Carolina School of the Deaf. Get it right, Cameron. Uh, Eric said Marcus and Jason picked the wrong year to join the Pirate Radio Game Day broadcast. I, I am sorry for you guys <laughs> that y'all have to sit through this this year. It's been quite interesting, man. I mean, yeah. yeah. I feel their pain, though. I mean, it, it's frustrating, man. Yeah. And I just hope the folks, because this has happened at a previous administration, people think we get off on them losing and root for them to lose because no we have a packed no. call-in show. Yeah, not and they it. think, and about, we're here win or lose. When we win, we party. When we score 70 points on North Carolina, we were hooting and hollering, talking junk, having we the best old time. We took 70 phone calls We took that 70 day. calls. People called in, wouldn't stop calling in. So it, we want them to win, folks. You think Jason and Marcus want them to win? You think I want them to win? Surely we have a lot more fun when they win. That is uh, for damn sure. All right. Um, oh, boy. Malone in Jacksonville. Malone, are you there? I'm here this time. What's up, buddy? I just want to apologize for the first time, my buddy cursing on the way back. And the second time I got a phone i just hung up so you call Shirley on a good day you usually don't get three chances so alone is finally here post game alone is back <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> all right what you got uh well you know uh charlotte you know i thought we'd beat them but i was wrong you know they got a professional sports team there so they're a good team you know they put up a couple points so you know they're good um i i heard they were in farmville last night and uh they uh, offer one of the players in Farmville right in ECU's backyard that I guess he's, ECU's not good enough to offer that kid, so uh, they know what they're doing. And uh, Speaking of Farmville, you need to vote for Shirley Rose if you live in Farmville for a commissioner. And that's all Malone has to say. <laughs> vote Shirley and uh, ECU offer the kid from Farmville. 
Post-game alone is out. Post-game alone. No wonder you put that call through, Shirley. Yeah, drop the mic. Honestly, I did not know that that was going to happen. I, now I'm that paid kinda, off for you. It did pay off for me, but I'm trying to figure out who it is now. <laughs> it's Post Malone. Post-game alone. Post-game alone. Drop, drop the mic. You live in Farmville, Shirley? Yes, I do. Yeah. Dang, I've man. spent most of my life there. Yeah, he knows something about you over there, then, Shirley. If he knew you was running for what did he say you was running for? Town commissioner. town commissioner. I am running for town commissioner. Commissioner, so yeah, I, I was not aware of that. But in terms of Malone knowing who I was, Shirley, and what I, I was doing. Look, I hate politics. I don't get into it at all. I don't whatever. either. Trust but me. As town commissioner, what would you do to improve ECU football? <sighs> I would uh, place a, a call to Farmville Central's football coach, um, <laughs> Ron Cook, Ron Cook, and uh, ask Ron if he would. Uh, do us a, a solid and uh, go and have a chat with ECU's football team and the coaches. Okay. Um, because, you know, Ron, uh, in case you hadn't noticed, uh, Farmville Central beat Green Central, who is our rival, 48-6 to six wow. or 8. I think it might have been 8. Coach six Cook, or eight, man, but he turned it around. He He's is good. thumping the opponents over there. So I'm thinking he knows a thing or two about offense. I would pick up the phone and call him and say, hey, Coach Cook, would you please pay a visit to the ECU locker room and maybe impart some knowledge that we pray that someone would absorb and execute? That's a great answer. And uh, it was very non-political. You had your message, and you said, I I like it. Very good. What is Florida State doing? They just (laughs) – They went for it on fourth and one – I want to say own, they're at their own, like, 33. Let's, let me see where the camera is here. 35. 35. And they weren't even close. And, Jason, once again, you can oh. go and tell me, this is why you throw it on fourth and one. They have been stuffed twice running the ball on fourth down. Listen, yeah. man, you, you know. <laughs> oh, sorry. Wow. It's, it's, it's part of the game. Like, they're loading up right there. You know what? A, you know, and I'm not saying because they've they've done a great job. So let's not be. Yeah. But like, try to keep them off balance. It's hard to beat anybody when they know when something's coming. <laughs> and Duke is up seven nothing, and they got great field position after stopping the Seminoles twice on fourth down. Were they in their own territory the first time? It was closer to midfield. I know. Yeah, it was close. It was further. They were further out last time. Yeah. But man, but this is going to at least be a field goal right here. The Dukies putting it on them early. All right, uh, we wrapping this baby up, Shirley. Final thoughts, fellas. Jason. Oh, by the way, Shirley, uh, Reed. Hadn't heard from old Reed Williamson in a while. He was really hoping you would dog cuss somebody before the <laughs> night was over. Sorry, Reed. Maybe next week. Yeah, I don't think you have enough space on this dump button to... Yeah. Uh, maybe next week. Yeah, maybe And next also, week. Randolph, thank you for the, uh, the yes. bun cakes. Appreciate thank it, Thank you, Randolph. Yeah, Randolph. That would put a smile on our face during oh, a bad fourth quarter. Never. Uh, Jason, Pirates, 1-6, and six, losing to Charlotte today. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel all the frustration that the Pirate fans are feeling right now, and we're one of them as well. It's just a um, disappointing um, to be this this far down right now. Um, and, and, you know, you were hoping each week we're going to get better. Oh, we got a chance here. We come in here actually very positive, thinking this is the, the Pirates are going to get a win. You know, we're not coming in here yeah. saying the Pirates are going to lose. And... Um, you know, and it just hadn't happened, man. And it just, it's just, it's frustrating. 
I, I think some of the things that uh, everybody's saying is true. I'm not going to call for that. I'm a coach in heart. I don't like to see people get fired. Um, but, you know, when you're in this profession, it's part of what goes on. And so, as a man, if you don't do what you're supposed to do, you're going to probably get fired. So that's just part of it. But um, I'm not going to call for that. And and really, I mean, you know, that's that's on the AD to sit down and say, hey, are we moving in the right direction? It's on Coach Houston to say, hey, are we moving in the right direction? And they got the answers to that. You know, we just see the product that they put out there on Saturday, and obviously it hadn't been very good. But, um, you know, I know those guys are trying hard. The players are trying hard. It's just not happening. Something is missing. And we got to find that missing piece. And that means you got to dig hard. You got to be truthful. You got to be able to look in the mirror and say, what can I do to get this thing better? And get the right answers in there. And let's get this thing fixed. And I don't mean it's going to probably get fixed this year. No. But it needs to get fixed moving forward because it's too much at stake for East Carolina University. I mean, just listen. Now, I'm telling you, we, we, we've we sat here before and seen things go right in front of our eyes. Uh, we were talking about it here earlier. We were in a situation where U, UCF was a FCS program when we played them, right, Mark C? Mm-hmm. Played them right here at home, Downey Ficklin Stadium. Dante, Pelper, Dante Culpepper as the quarterback. They're in the Big 12 now. East Carolina, is, is it, we got to take advantage of whatever's going to come down our way, but it's going to start with, with the face of this football program. Uh, me personally, man, I, I just think, um, first of all, first things first is definitely have to flush this game. This game is done and over with. Uh, that's two in-state opponents that we've lost to, mm-hmm. uh, which, uh, you know, <laughs> we couldn't fathom back a, a long time ago, even not so long ago, whenever. But, uh, but um, you know, the next thing is, next course of action is you have to do something with the offensive side of the ball. I mean, you have to, uh, whether it's, it, it could be even sitting a player, sitting a starter, um, saying, hey, making a statement that way. It could be making the changes at the offensive coordinator position and who's calling plays or or giving the free reins to the offensive coordinator, whatever it may be. But uh, that is definitely something that has to be addressed going forward starting next week. <clears throat> definitely. And uh, we will be talking to ECU UTSA uh, starting on Monday right here. Uh, Jason Nichols will join us Monday, Marcus Thursday. That's the plan anyway. And uh, next week we'll be with you 11.30 a.m. on the Bud Light pregame tailgate getting you ready for a 3.30 kickoff Pirates and Roadrunners. A game I was really looking forward to going into the year and now I'm not looking forward to it at all because I'm not looking forward to any ECU football games because this is brutal. Uh, Shirley, awesome job, especially running triple duty back there thank you ma'am thank you uh, thank you thank you marcus jason i wish this was more fun but people uh, the people really appreciate you and enjoy uh what you guys are doing so thank you all guys well, we appreciate it man we enjoy being here all right i'm gonna go put my biff costume up <laughs> pirates lose to charlotte 10 to 7 pitiful 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 uh we'll recap it and talk more and uh start talking more hoops as well men's and mm. women's so got that on the horizon Absolutely. some ecu baseball as well so some things to be excited about thank y'all awesome show i uh, appreciate y'all watching calling and uh everything in between listening to us on the u.s sailor fifth quarter call-in show we'll talk to you next saturday 11 30 a.m on the bud light pregame tailgate and after the game u.s sailor fifth quarter call-in show for the crew i'm clip brock thanks to halloween express thanks to wings over greenville we'll see you next week u.s sailor fifth quarter call-in show
You have been listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Join us next time for complete postgame coverage of East Carolina football exclusively on Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation.